Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. From a miracle on the St. John's to a miracle at Churchill Downs. 65 to 1 odds mm. to get it done. How about the Kentucky Derby on Saturday? Yeah, that's right. We can start a Monday off with a little Kentucky Derby rewind. The NBA playoffs, big games tonight, good games tonight. And maybe the most favorite game I've watched is NBA playoffs. Portland and Denver. Really? Not the four overtime game. The yeah. series has been great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's just say the series in general. It's weird, but I was watching it not only last night, but Ty was watching it this morning, so I was locked in again. And I was like, you know what? I kind of enjoy this a little bit more than even Golden State in Houston. I'll tell you why in a little bit. <laughs> How about Houston-Golden State uh, the other night? Uh, really good game. Some fun for the uh, drama and theater. But am I the only one around here that thinks Harden and Chris Paul like just can't get it done unless they're given 15 opportunities to get it done? I mean, the stretch was awful by those two guys. At the end of the day, they still won the game. But they so did. Let's, let's I know. So it's hard it. to say, right? It's yeah. hard to say. But they needed like nine lives to be able to finish <laughs> them off. Yeah. They had ample opportunity to fill, finish them off. I don't know. Harden's going to have to prove it to me that he uh, – if that was LeBron James down the stretch of the game Saturday night – or is that Friday night? might have been Saturday night. LeBron James would have been just roasted – up until he finally hit the big shot, which is what Harden did. Uh, but the turnovers and, and everything else. So talk a little NBA today. Kuz is in heaven with all the NBA news happening, although he might not be in heaven because 76ers are now tied 2-2 in the series. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Kuz here on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. Man, it is a beautiful day in Jacksonville. How was your weekend? Pretty solid. Uh, didn't go to Rockville because of the rain, and uh, so I missed out on that opportunity, which was kind of a bummer. Uh, watched some MMA, watched some boxing, watched some Game of Thrones, and uh, yeah, overall, pretty. Uh, I'm pretty satisfied with the MMA. The boxing, I definitely wasn't. I was going to say you had a Game disappointing weekend. Was Game yeah. of Thrones disappointing? Like uh, everybody's talking about. Yeah, I'm just ready for it to be over. To well, tell like, you are the you really? yeah, cup in it. It's it's literally yeah. With, but first of all, I'm not sure if you saw on social media this I morning. I saw the product placement, which I'm a big fan of, by the way. <laughs> the product placement. How much placement? do you think they paid for that? I got uh, I got a little smart Before water we go right to here. War, we use Starbucks coffee to we get out. We got a little tough. wine here. I usually have a Starbucks in my hand, but I just uh, finished it. Maybe a little smoothie king. So I'm all for the product placement. Sure. Here on the video feeds. Sure. Why why is this so upsetting? That Starbucks wasn't there a Kentucky Fried Chicken as well? Uh, no, there wasn't a Kentucky Fried Chicken that I know of. Oh, maybe Should that was like an erroneous tweet I saw. Okay. I, see, I don't know, so I can be fooled on Twitter. Yeah, I, I just yeah. saw somebody tweet about, like, KFC or something. <laughs> but uh, no, maybe the, they were joking. So there was a, there was a pretty serious <laughs> scene where they're at the head table, and uh, 
Daenerys, a.k.a. the Queen of the Dragons, um, just so happened to have a Starbucks cup on the table that I guess either some editor or somebody missed. I'm not sure how you missed that kind of detail because it was in plain sight. It wasn't like, oh, you can barely see it. No, it, w- it was sitting there on the table. Um, so Starbucks. do you think they missed it or was it product placement? No, that, Brent, I swear, don't say product placement again, okay, because you're ruining the show for me. And if you think Game of Thrones is selling out the last season for a couple extra million they from Starbucks, you got, got another. So you think somebody actually made a mistake and left the Starbucks? Somebody cup? made a mistake and somebody got fired for it for sure. Because that's is that the story? I think so. What else would the story be like? How do you miss that? Hey, preaching the choir, sir. I have no idea how they missed that. So yeah, that was a little un, uh, unsettling. And then just just the storyline now, like like I said, just let's get over with it. Like there's two more episodes. Um, yeah, just just hurry it up already. I, I honestly I don't care anymore. I really don't, and that's sad because a couple of weeks ago I was saying how Game of Thrones might be the best show of all time on television, and now I'm just uh, I'm a beaten and broken man, Brent. Just because of that. It's just no, it's not just because of that, and I don't want to give spoilers away, but just the way the storyline's going this year, it, it's almost like because they've had two years to to come up with the last you know season finale or the season uh, of Game of Thrones. So it's the last season. So they've had two years to plan for this, and it seems like they literally waited to like the last night to do like you know study for a test or something, huh. and they threw it all together, and now it's just uh, it's kind of a mess and um, it's kind of botchy. Everybody's a critic. Yeah. Like, well, is it hard cool. to watch things anymore without being critical? Like, I see it in sp- like we do this in sports, right? Mm-hmm. Boxing is dead. Baseball is dead. NASCAR is dead. Uh, horse racing is dead. Uh, it, like. These sports, by my account, are still making money and f- alive and, and doing well, but they're dead to everybody else. Like, everybody wants to be so, they're not like it used to be. Everybody's get off my lawn guy and say, they're not like it used to be. And what people <laughs> forget about is the reason why it's not like it used to be, one, is because, well, things change. And two, it's because the NFL is so big. So relative to the NFL, everything is awful and failing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the way it is. I, I thought about it the other day and I was turning on. I was listening to uh, one of the national shows here on ESPN 690. And I'm like, man, it's like, well, we were just talking about this sport not being as live alive as it used to be. And then they're talking about this sport. And I mean, with the exception of the NBA and the NFL, do we even talk about another sport that is thriving? Uh, I mean, there's the playoff. And I guess I mean. Not really. Yeah, yeah, the NHL right. is not thriving. No, it's well, depends who you're talking to. I think Brent. I mean, we're we're not really tied into the NHL, but the besides, NHL is not even like on people's radar. And by the way, there's another point. I was listening. I was driving home from Lake City in Kaylee's softball tournament, and Ty in the back of the car is watching the NHL game on on my wife's phone, and so I'm listening to. I don't even know which one it was, uh, which announcer it was, mm-hmm. but. You know, it's a crazy – I forget what game it was, but uh, he's kind of giving me – oh, it was the Bruins. It was the Bruins and um, the Blue Jackets. And so it's – Bruins, I think, scored with two minutes to go after blowing a two-goal lead. And, you know, everybody's going nuts. And, I, and I'm like, Ty, isn't it crazy? Like, hockey announcers are the best. And <laughs> yeah. so I said, hockey announcers are the best. Playoff hockey is the best. Wait a minute. So I just gave you two reasons why you should watch hockey, yet – it seems like in our world nobody cares about hockey. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's crazy. But I just gave you two reasons why. Like I, I sincerely think hockey announcers are the best announcers. 
I mean, those guys are awesome to well, listen to. First of all, they're awesome to listen to, and you have to be skilled to do that. Oh, it's tough. I mean, try, yeah, tough. try calling a game that's going 100 miles per hour. Yeah. You I know, used to like, love listening to Gary Thorne. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Doc Embrick's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it's great. You I don't mean, have to even enjoy the – you don't have to know the ins and outs to appreciate exactly. it and enjoy it. And that we all know what playoff hockey is. Uh, like, I'm locked into a game in the final couple minutes when it's a one-goal game or a tied game. How can you not be? I mean, that's awesome theater. But um, imagine being a commentator or being, a, like, you know, the color analyst or whoever. And you have to know, number one, all these crazy names that you can't pronounce. And then, number two, you got to pronounce those names when, when the game's going 100 miles per hour. No, thank you. And you got to follow that little puck. Yeah. Sounds like, I mean, no. I'm good. I, I'm all set. It's a, it's a skill. It's, I it's really it. well well done. And but So I sit there and I say, well, those are two pretty good ingredients. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those are two good ingredients to yeah. tell you, you should watch this. People should watch it more. Yet, it doesn't feel like people do. And, and I get it. We're in Florida. I, I understand if you go up north, if you're in Buffalo, if you're in Columbus, if you're even in Boston right now, if you're in Detroit, if you're in Canada, I understand that. I, it is a regional thing to a degree. But the bottom line is, let's be honest. If ESPN did not have John Butchergross and Gary Melrose, they would hardly ever, ever talk about the NHL. They would hardly ever do it. They just wouldn't. Now, mm-hmm. people in Canada and the shows in Canada would certainly do it. But we it is a forgotten sport at the water cooler in our society. It just is. I don't even – I think it's not even a big four sport anymore. I mean, I really don't. I, I think it's down there. What has trumped it, I think, is debatable. But – I mean, you could – has the MMA even kind of surpassed it with the, the interest there? Has, yeah. Is golf because of Tiger and, and and Rory and all these other – at times, I think it is way bigger than the NHL. Um, like the Kentucky Derby the other day, and this isn't to say horse racing is bigger than the NHL, but the Kentucky Derby, uh, <laughs> which we'll get a thought on. Can't wait like to a, talk about this. Had like a 12 or 13 rating on Saturday night here in Jacksonville. I don't know what the – national ring but i can tell you this the hockey games the other day did like a 1.2 rating so that gives you an idea now it's two minutes yeah well and let's see let's but, see how people are going to turn in for the preakness you know let's let's get those numbers coming up yeah, here pretty they, soon they won't be as much not even they'll close. still beat hockey it'll yeah, be hockey. we'll see it'll be hockey. i'm telling you it'll be hockey by a by, by landslide well it'll be more probably like six or seven okay but, uh, yeah, it'll be hockey. So, okay, that's my roundabout way of saying everybody's a critic. Why can't you guys just appreciate so Game thing. of Thrones? And I understand, like, the trend these days is to hate on things, whether it's Monday Night Football analysts. I mean, what, whatever it is, the trend these days is to hate something on Twitter because if you like something, it doesn't make sense to talk about it on Twitter too much or on social media. But... Listen, and I'm the guy who probably guys never seen it, but it's called True Detective season two. I was all for it, and I got so much scrutiny for it because everybody hated True Detective season two. I thought it was still a great piece of television. So sometimes I'm going to go with the contrarian pick. But as far as this one's concerned, I think I speak with the majority, Brent. When people are let down because they changed it up and uh, they changed up the format, and it's just it's off the wall. And I don't like it. We love controversy in sports. So what an example of it again this weekend. And I've got some whiteboard magic contributions today. It's all next on ESPN 690. All right. I've got a little whiteboard magic contribution. I'm leading this off today. Yes, you are. You ready for this? You can read it. Why do all recreational sports have to be decided by two points? 
Do you understand me? Do you follow me? It's hard to put in text, I think, sometimes. Why do all recreational sports have to be decided by two points? Okay, so my buddy the other day says to me, I think of some strange stuff sometimes. No, for okay? sure. I this think is, we all do. And, and, and you make fun of me for getting too deep on here. Here we go. Yeah, this is my my turn to scuba dive. <laughs> this isn't really that deep. But my buddy says to me, what did he say? oh, yeah, he's like, uh, <laughs> my best friend since, like, third grade, he plays, see, back home, kind of like, uh, Euchre, right? You played Euchre? No, I used to play Cribbage, oh, but I know what Euchre but is. But you know though. what Euchre yeah, is, yeah, card yeah. game? Yep, yep, well, we course. played back uh, in New England. It was a game called High Low Jack. Okay. And it's kind of similar to Euchre in a way, but not really. Uh, but but you get the concept. It's a card game. Mm-hmm. And so a few weeks back, my buddy Pat says, yeah, I'm, in a, uh, I'm going on Tuesday night uh, to whatever, say it was like the Knights of Columbus, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to play in a High Low Jack league. And I'm like... Dude, how old are you? I mean, you're going to play in a card league? And so he went in this league. That's like something that, like, people at retirement homes do. They actually had, like, a banquet for it and everything. I'm like, what is going on here with you? And uh, I almost disowned him as a friend. Uh, But then he tells me over the weekend, I was talking to him Friday. He's like, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to play in a cornhole tournament. And I'm like, well, cornhole's cool, but you're going to play – so wait a minute. You're playing in a card tournament and a cornhole tournament, like, within, like, a month of each other? Yeah. And, or a cornhole uh, – it was a card league. So anyway, that got me thinking. In the card game, and in a lot of card games, uh, but, in th- like, in this point system one, I think Euchre's like this, mm-hmm. you got to win by two. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was asking them in this tournament, I said, we play cornhole, but sometimes we just might – I think we play with the, by the rules, but do we really play by the rules? So I was asking about the rules and, you know, a point to get on the board, three points to get in the hole. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, do you play to 21? He said, yeah, this one will play to 21. I said, do you have to win by two? He's, and he said, yeah. True. And so yeah. it sparked my interest. I said, why do we always have to win by two in everything? In ping pong, win by two. In uh, actually, like the Leave one no real doubts. sport, like yeah. tennis, you got to win by two as well. But in every most sports, or is volleyball still like that? You know, I volleyball so. is like that. That's a good call. Yeah. But like in baseball, you can win by one. In football, <laughs> you can win by one. In basketball, you can win by one. We're all. Where did this come from that you have to win by two? In well, some of these sports, football is like, technically like three or seven, I guess technically. Well, no, right? but you can win well, by two, one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's they don't say hey, you have to continue the game. Right. Right. If you're only up by one point. So it got me thinking. I was like, "What? Where did this stuff come from that you have to win by two? I think it was probably some person back in like 1945 was pissed off that they lost, mm-hmm. and was like, "Oh no, this isn't over yet. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Win by two. You got to, you know, well, why? Speaking, I have no idea. First of all, but we all—it's universal, right? Like yeah. we like well, it. Like you have to win by two. And here's another sport that I'm pretty sure too that I had no idea even existed, but it was raining outside, so I was bored, watched a little too much TV, turned on to ESPN two because they said college lacrosse was on. College lacrosse was not on ESPN two. There was a game called. And it was the National Spikeball Championship. Oh, yeah. Do you play Spikeball? I've never even Hold seen Spikeball. I thought it was talking about Spikeball, that new, like, you, that little net system oh, that you bring to the beach. Oh, talking about that? Yeah, that's no. what I'm talking about. Oh, when I watched it, it was actual volleyball. No, this was oh. spi- like legit no, Spikeball spike in a gymnasium. It's actually a fun game. Oh. It's actually an ESPN2. What's going on? I Listen, I try to tell you how can – that's somebody has a question on about the XFL, right? Yeah. And it said ESPN and ABC and FS1 or yeah. whatever they're going to show it. This is why, people, well, we're putting cornhole why and can't we bring ball and all this. To be fair, though, with the XFL, 
But of course they signed with Fox Sports 1. But of course they yeah. have. I mean, Vince McMahon, WWE, going to Fox Sports 1, mm. connection. But isn't it split? It's on ABC and ESPN too, I think. Well, no, it is split, but let's be honest. Or like, also. Yeah, but, but ESPN's also, I mean, they don't they don't host wrestling nights, but ESPN's really big in wrestling now, too, where they cover it. I mean, they have, like, their own section of the website that discusses wrestling. They have wrestlers, pro wrestlers on ESPN all the time. So, but of course they got in with Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon's the billionaire. He knows what he's doing. Did you ever watch uh, Slam Ball? Back yeah. in the day with oh, the champions. Oh, yeah. Bring sure. that back. I loved that so uh, much. I'm sure you did because you probably can't dunk in real life, can you? Well, you, no. you always need a trampoline, Coos. Of course I can't dunk. Uh, what does that feel like? I, c- I can never imagine Feels not being like able to dunk it. Feels like a lifetime Brent, of disappointment. What, what does it feel like not to dunk it, Brent? Have you ever thrown one down before? In a real hoop? Yeah. No. Coos, have you ever thrown one down? No, I'm lucky if I can touch Coos, the you're rim. 6'3, like man. 6'1. Six, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I was a little too generous. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I can't imagine going through life not being able to dunk a basketball. I've always wanted to oh, dunk. Oh, really nice. Yeah. Well, I'm just, yeah, I'm really just nice. being Humble honest. Like, I mean, like, imagine, like, growing You're up watching Michael six. Jordan. Okay, Brent, that's not important. But uh, I can't imagine, like, going like growing up watching Michael Jordan throw one down and, like, you know, like, one day that's going to be me. You guys can never do it. Hey, go ahead and boo me, man. I'm spitting facts. Like, that's... That sucks I, I for told you, guys. you I'm last sorry. week. You remember those shoes that came out where they said you'd be able to jump higher? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Right. If the you work, it, Vince, it, Vince Carter. Shout yeah. Out. yeah. It, I tried them because I wanted to improve my vertical. Yeah. But I How'd mean, I can touch rim like barely. But there's, no, I mean, you got to be able to. If you're gonna dunk, first of all, my hands are hardly big enough. I don't even think I could palm it. Mm-hmm. So you really, you almost have to cradle it. Yeah. And or get a small ball and try it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, female basketball. But, but I, I hear you. There is nothing better than dunking on an eight foot hoop. <laughs> I mean, I when, think I could get nine and a half as as I did it once, and I called that a win. I would call it a win too. There, there is uh, there is nothing more fun than just dunking over your like six year old kid. Yeah, and the eight foot. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I guess that's something I have to look forward to oh, yeah. when, 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 you know, when little man gets a little bigger, just to dunk over him. Yeah. But, really? but you see, like, like that you crushes his confidence? I don't think it'll be as fun for you because you tower over him anyway. See, like, True. I know I can't dunk. Yeah. And so this is my chance. <laughs> but, but then you just throw one up there and the kid's like, whoa. Yeah. Then he figures it out sooner or later. Sure. You're on eight feet, dad. Yeah, sure. You, you, you're not but, good. Uh, but it's good for your confidence, though. It's it all really good. good. Um, all right, let's go to South Beach, Gary, early in the show before we get to this uh, controversy in sport once again. What's up, Gary? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Three quick thoughts. Three. You know, when Tiger receives the Medal of Freedom tonight from Trump, that's got to be two of the most abrasive personalities ever in one room. Number two, uh, and you mind your P's and Q's with this one, Austin. Uh-oh. You're talking about Bortles taking into the championship two years ago. But you guys always fail to say... Watson was out for the year. Luck was out for the year. He was the beneficiary of that in his own division, of having two two starting quarterbacks out for the entire season. And thirdly, guys, what about the thought, you know, tomorrow being a, you can pick up a free agent without losing compensatory picks or stuff like that, even though this isn't a free agent. What about the thought, since Tennessee has not picked up the option on Coughlin, how about giving up a seventh, taking a flyer, even if it's just one year, giving up a seventh or a sixth rounder for Conklin. Uh, interesting. All right. Thanks, South Beach, Gary. I appreciate uh, all the different topics, which we could now fill a show with. 
Okay. Uh, probably. So with the Conklin thing, they didn't re-sign him to his fifth year. Or, you know, they didn't. They didn't fifth year option. Fifth year option. But he's still on the. He's still on the team. And he was a former Pro Bowler, if I'm not mistaken. Um, had some injuries and whatnot. So I get that. But they're not going to want to trade him for a fifth or sixth. I mean, he's still their starting offensive lineman. Like, I don't see the Tennessee Titans just giving him up. Any, just because they didn't take it the fifth year. I I, yeah, Conklin's not even on my radar. I, yeah. I, so I'm not I, – I just doubt it. I, I I don't see it. I haven't heard much about it. It's an interesting thought. I I, I think it's um, no. I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to do it. I mean, they drafted a right tackle. They re-signed A.J. Can. They already re-signed some of their backup guys. And uh, on top of that, they got Cam Robinson coming back, Norwell, Linder. I mean, they got all these guys back. I not to say that there's always room for offensive linemen, but to be honest with you, if you look at their team right now, where Conklin, you, you've invested in someone else already on that line. You invested a second round pick in both Taylor and in Robinson. Mm-hmm. You invested a ton of money in Norwell. You invested a ton of money in Linder, and you just re-signed Can. I doubt you're going to make another move that costs you to bring in another offensive lineman. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm saying cost you, like, in terms of giving something up like a draft pick. That doesn't so, uh, make sense. Second, the second me. part that I took from it was uh, the Jaguars benefited from Andrew Luck being out. And who was the other one, Mariota? Yeah. Uh, I think he said Watson. Watson. He said Watson. Watson. Okay. But listen, Watson. everybody needs oh, luck hey, when you win. What, was not Ben Roethlisberger out twice against the Jacksonville Jaguars when the Jacksonville Jaguars whooped him? I think not. So, like, cool. Injuries happen. You yeah. know, but it doesn't – I don't know. So well, that, people, listen, if – if your answer to, hey, you guys make excuses for Bortles and this is your, you, you, you defend him because he lives here, um, not lives here, uh, he did well that year uh, in December and January. Well, don't, I, I just think it's a poor argument to say, yeah, but, yeah, but they won because, you know what? They beat Buffalo 10 to 3. It was an ugly game. Mm-hmm. He played poorly in the second quarter, but they beat him. That's the way it goes. They beat him. So, yeah, you need breaks. Their defense played really well in that game, and a couple of times they, they played backup QBs that year. You need breaks. Anybody who – I can guarantee you this, Tom Brady, when he's won all these rings, every single time he's won, he's had breaks. We don't give him excuses for the breaks, but we'll give Blake Bortles. So I think it's a, I think that argument is uh, on deaf ears for me yeah. because you still got to get the job done. We're not making up excuses. I mean, hey, if you look at Trent Dilfer – Trent Dilfer didn't take the Baltimore Ravens to the Super Bowl. I think that defense and Jamal Lewis did. But guess what Trent Dilfer did after the Super Bowl? He said, I'm going to Disneyland because he was the quarterback. He, he was still that leader. So hate all you want, but Trent Dilfer still got him there. Yeah. And, and that's the bottom line, man. And I'm in uh, South Beach, Gary, I'm going to reserve. I'm going to hold off on your presidential medal of honor. Is that what it is? Congressional medal of honor. Something. <laughs> Congressional whatever. Medal, something Tiger, for, for Tiger wore a green jacket and a medal. For, for your service. Um, which is very interesting. Uh, We will talk about it. Not right now. Uh, But what I do want to get to is controversy in sports. Did did the Kentucky Derby do more for horse racing this past Saturday than even the Triple Crown winners have done the last handful of years? You know, it had been forever since a Triple Crown winner. And then we had a couple in in a a few-year span. Yet... It didn't feel like that was a big boost or wow. In fact, I actually looked at it negatively. I said the crop of three-year-olds is not very good if this just happened twice in a handful of years. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it hadn't happened in like 40 years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it happens twice. In, it's like the long ball, you know, 14 homers in a month. Something's up with the ball. Well, I think horse racing might have gotten a boost on Saturday. Everybody's talking about it. Let's do it next on ESPN 690. All right, the best thing I will read today. 
this isn't like a segment on the show, but it kind of sounds like it. It kind of sure sounds does. like a little Scott Van Pelt, right? Best yep. thing I saw today, which I kind of like how he does that. Um, and you can really tell when it's a slow day in sports when he does that. So <laughs> this kind of indicates a, a bit of a slow day. But actually, I think even on a busy day, this would be really good. Schefter, Adam Schefter, just tweeted, fact of the day, Wendy Nix, who fronts a lot of the studio shows on ESPN uh, NFL coverage. So Wendy Nix babysat Raiders rookie wide receiver Hunter Renfro and in the too much information category even changed his diapers. Nix and Renfro both went to Sacasti High School, I think is how you say it, in Myrtle Beach. And maybe the stat of the day where Wendy Nix was a three-time homecoming queen. There's a lot going on in that tweet. There's a lot going on there. The the most preposterous part of that whole thing is that she was a three-time homecoming queen. How how many students were at that school? (laughs) No, seriously. How is that fair? Uh, She's very popular, I guess. I don't know. How do you... Coos, I mean... Are you baffled by? But seriously, I'm I'm taking it back right now. I don't know what to think about that. I mean, if they voted her to win three times in a row, how can you change it? Might have been some kind of controversy there. Might have been a little uh, foul play, if you will. I don't that, know. That, that's what happened with my our homecoming. Oh, really? you could say yeah, somebody it was rigged. Somebody broke in and uh, added more votes to the box. Really? I swear. Yeah. All out of the fifty-one <laughs> people. Well, yeah. So it ended up being like seventy votes. Yeah, like you can do that with like a school that's got like a you know fifteen hundred people, but like. With 50, it's going to be noticeable. You know what, Kuz? It was like, it was some, I don't know. It, we weren't dealing with the, 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 like the top brass right now <laughs> in terms of counting the ballots, okay? But, yes, somebody actually snuck in and um, kind of changed the, the votes to their did favor. They, did they still win? Yeah, they ended up winning. Because that would have been embarrassing if you put in, like, 20 extra it, votes it for me. yourself and you no. still don't win. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. That's, I um, lost. I'm bitter. That's pretty awesome, by the way. That's that's wild that Wendy Nick that that's a great stat from Schefter. That's one of his best. Not the three homecoming, but the Hunter Renfro stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine like seeing her now, like when he has talked, you know, because it's gonna yeah. happen one of these days. Yeah, yeah. they should. Def- she doesn't go out in the field much anymore. I okay. used to work uh, with not with Wendy, but when I was working in Providence, I would see her a lot at Patriots coverage or some Boston stuff, Celtics, Red Sox. Uh, she was working, I think, uh, for the Fox. Um, like a regional channel at the time in Boston. So uh, she's she's pretty cool, and she's done well. She's She's been at ESPN for a while, but <laughs> they should do a satellite interview with her and Hunter Renfro yeah. uh, if they haven't already, uh, but that would be uh, pretty good. All right, let's get to the Derby. Derby ratings, really, really good. And we're not going to sit here and talk horse racing and, and debate horse racing, but it's really a bigger picture thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> By the way, Coos was really proud that he finished ninth. I'll tell you a little bit about Coos. Well, he didn't lose, Brent, and that's all that that's, matters. In this scenario, just not coming in last was a win. I yeah. know. So now I have to go to, like, I have to be the ball picker up here. But here's the thing. Golf yeah. club in Southampton. I first get permission. You, uh, I'll tell him to deny. <laughs> you winning or you losing this was probably best case scenario because Austin and I can't hit the ball. That, that is well. a good well, point. I will, like be I, said, I will run on the driving range and throw golf balls at Brent Martin. Southampton, but he's is that going to let you do that? Yeah. Oh, watch me. <laughs> Try to catch me. Hey, Coos, 4840, come catch me. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. And I'll I'll bring my cleats back out if I have to. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're going to tear up that. That's fine. So were you watching this? I was watching. Of course. Yeah. I had some money on the race. So, of course, I was watching it. Who did you bet on? Uh, I made a lot of bets. A lot of them. <laughs> None of them won <laughs> because uh, Country Home ended up uh, 65 to 1, man. That's so, unbelievable. And this kind of goes back to my point. 
in terms of quote-unquote experts talking about the Kentucky Derby because we, we heard a couple horses. You know, we heard the, the, the fencer one who was the Japanese horse first time. Yeah. A Japanese horse came to the U.S. There was some hype around him. Did you see they, they put the Japanese bettors put $10 million overall on that horse? <sighs> To support it. That's insane. Or just waste their money. Well, okay, go ahead. But well, he got six, though, correct? So, I mean, yeah, that's, so that's, too, well, yeah. that's nothing, though. You're not yeah. going to win any money off six place horse. True. If so you then, bet on it. Yeah. So then we, we had people talking about maximum security is going to be the one. Uh, Tacticus was a guy that was uh, coming up a little bit, too, as well. And then War of Will, uh, and by my standards, are kind of like the dark horses, it seemed like, from the experts. Nobody, and I mean nobody, the whole time that I was watching, because once again, I was putting money down, nobody mentioned country. House or country, <laughs> country home, or whatever. <laughs> Is it country home or country house? I don't know. Who cares, right? He won the Kentucky Same Derby, thing. and nobody cares. So well, everybody cares, right? right? But here, here's the point, though. Like you're these quote-unquote experts, but you don't know what's going to happen. And I guess that's what makes horse racing so spectacular. But I just and I watched this live and the whole thing where the you know did the horse cross the lane or whatever, and it was 20 minutes, and I'm just sitting there like, hurry up, because. What, what are you going to do? Like, either he's in or he's out. And guess what? It's horse doing horse things, okay? Like, it's not like a track athlete in a 100-yard or 100-meter dash, like, went to somebody else's line. I mean, these are horses. Like, of, But, of course, he crossed the line a little bit. Like, that's what horses do sometimes. Yeah, but it's on the jockey. You know? Is it on the jockey? Yeah. I, I, is, well, is this your expert opinion or is no, this fact? I mean, well, but it, it, if you allowed the – if you said, yeah, they're horses, I mean, how does he know? It, well – then the jockey would get away with a lot more stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If they wanted to do that. And there is no question. I covered horse racing for six years. This was a violation. It was an obstruction. I mean, it was. There, there was no doubt. And I said, I, I, I might have, um, I think I tweeted. I said there was no way I thought that horse was winning the race when at the top of the stretch. Because the way, if you see enough horse racing... And not that I've seen a ton of it, but I've seen enough where you kind of see how a a, uh, a race shapes up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are there are horses that close. There are horses that wait until the home stretch, wait until the last furlong, wait until whatever it might be. And then those that are out in front, they hit another gear. Well, the way that thing was shaping up, I was like, I said to Ty as I'm watching it. We're in Lake City. I'm watching on my phone. And I was like, he's not winning. Like, this is shaping up for somebody to come get him. Huh, okay. And now, the only thing that changes usually is if that horse out front has another gear. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't even see the other gear kick in. It was it was like a half a gear. He did a good job to hold off the rest of the field without even knowing the obstruction. But I do think that did impact the race. I, I, I just thought from my view and then looking at the replay, I think there was going to be a horse that was going to catch him. Um, and that's what that I think. I, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know if it would happen, but I think that would happen. So bottom line is they review these all the time. They just don't do it in the Kentucky Derby and they don't do it in 20 minutes. Long before we started talking about replay in sports and, and NFL and, and how much in baseball, they've done this in horse racing for a while. You know, they they have officials for that. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty common thing. The thing is, it's just usually not on this stage. And then to take as long as it did, and then to go from a 9-2 to two favorite to a 65-1 to one winner uh, was unbelievable. I thought my initial reaction was like, man, this is bad for the sport. This is bad. I mean, it's already, <laughs> it's already been a struggling sport at times, and to do this and kind of create this controversy, ah, it's going to give it a bit of a black eye. 
But don't you get the feel that it almost is better? I mean, we're still si- – we talked about the Derby a little bit on Friday, and we're in Jacksonville, Florida, and yeah. people don't care about horse racing. We The ratings on Saturday were really good just because it was the Kentucky Derby. And then on Sunday and Monday on the Today Show and here on our show and everywhere else, we're still talking about the Kentucky Derby. Let me ask you this question. Do you feel bad? Do you, do you feel bad for anybody? Uh, I feel bad for those people, those owners that thought they won. To, to, to think you're win? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I get that. Win yeah, in the you, Kentucky. You, you won? No, well, you don't that. feel bad because they're but, rich. Yeah, well, no, I, that too. But, I mean, they're animals. Like, I, hey, listen, when I, when I watched the Westminster Dog Show this past year, I didn't feel bad because the Chocolate Lab had a little more temperament than the Fox Terrier. The Fox Terrier won. I was cheering for somebody else, but the Fox Terrier won. Like, I, I don't care. They're animals. Animals doing animal things. The horse crossed out. Deal with it. Like, there's nothing more to say. Horses are people, too. <laughs> oh Horses doing horse things. More controversy on the show next on ESPN 690. <laughs> right, let's finish up our thought on the Derby. Uh, it's interesting. They are appealing, by the way. And not going to run in the Preakness, which isn't surprising. Uh, if you don't win, there's no reason to run in the Preakness. And uh, overall, do you think there will be more attention on the Preakness because of the controversy and everybody talking about it? Or do you think it will just be the Preakness and and that's it? No, I think controversy breeds uh, views, and that's with any sport. So yeah. I think uh, ratings might be up a little bit. But the fact that that horse isn't running now, that you know the maximum security isn't running, kind of a bummer because – and this is going to be part of my staying lane segment coming up here later, but I feel like so I guess you know better than anybody, Brent, because you covered horse racing. So if Maximum Security wins the Preakness, doesn't that do him better service to be you know like a stud? Because I mean the, the whole goal is to be a stud horse, and then yeah, it's like the, the max dollar. Well, since he didn't win the Kentucky Derby, he's got that blemish on his record. But don't you think if you won the other two races, you could still say well. He may have lost the Kentucky Derby on a technicality, but he's still another two. He's still a pretty prized possession horse. Yeah, and I, that, that's a that's a really good point. I I don't. Wh- your point is right on. If he had lost and got finished fifth place, would it be great to finish, uh, go win the Preakness or win the Belmont? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but coming back in two weeks is a very stressful thing on the horses. I mean, that's what makes a Triple Crown so tough. So they are doing themselves a favor by giving the horse rest and then going to the Belmont if that's their plan. And trying to win there rather than trying to win two weeks later in the Preakness. But what's fascinating is what will this horse's stud fee be considering the fact that they could probably sell. Go watch the tape. This guy won the Derby. This horse (laughs) won the Derby. You know, from a from a you can call it what it is. And I wonder how much the decorations of the roses and, and actually winning the Derby. Um, have to do with a stud fee, but this will be a fascinating case study because we've never really seen it. I mean, this horse actually won the Derby, crossed first, and the, it will be up for interpretation, I think, for anyone who pays a stud fee and 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 all that stuff mm-hmm. to say, well, this is we're breeding a Kentucky Derby winner, even though it might not say it in the record books. And see, from what I read a little bit, a little research that I was doing, they said that even though he did, I mean, technically he didn't win the Derby, he he crossed the line first. Yeah. Okay, and then there's no debate about so that. So there'll be some value in that? Is there that is what you value, read? But, but I'm going to say, but since that you can't put Derby champion on his resume, the price goes drastically down. 
it, because of the Derby. Yeah, yeah. but I, and that makes sense too. But it's it's regardless of how the horse finished. Like if if I'm a buyer, I'm looking at that horse being like, well, he may not have technically won it, but I saw that race, so. I want him. You'd you know? a- yeah, you'd actually, if, if you were into this business, mm-hmm. my guess from a breeding standpoint is you will get quite a deal on this horse yeah. as a stud fee yeah. because of that. And that's... That'll be, that's interesting. And, and Look at me trying to be an expert in a well, sport that I don't understand. That's pretty fascinating. That's pretty yeah. fascinating because it's so unique. It's 145 years and hadn't happened like this. So very unique, and it's almost like getting a bargain house. It's almost like getting this great house, but yeah. it went for foreclosure and, or something well, or short-sailed. And, 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 and that's my point. Like, then why wouldn't you try to race the Preakness to try to up, up, up the value a little more? I mean, I, I get it. It's hard on the horse, and you want to give him rest, but if you have the chance to run run the races and the horse is healthy, I mean, listen, I, I have no business talking about this, but I'm just speaking from a logical sense of view. I feel like the more races you win, the higher demand that horse is going to be in. But there are still plenty of races. There's If... Again, if they rest him here, win the Belmont potentially, or they could win at Saratoga, the Traverse Stakes, they could win the Breeders' Cup. There's a lot of races mm-hmm. to put on this horse's resume. And like you said, they will frame it and spin it like Andy's a derby champ. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty fascinating. But, again, we're talking overall in sports. Controversy's great, right? I mean, controversy. You need we, it. We said it. We've said this multiple times on the show already. The Super Bowl was boring because it lacked controversy. It wasn't because it was low scoring. It was because it lacked controversy. Yeah, sure, it would have been an exciting game if if it if we had touchdowns and fireworks going off every time too. I mean, that, that was a part of it. But I think it, there was either one or none on the replay count in that game. There was hardly ever drama built. This drama took a little too long, and drama sometimes takes too long to play out with the new replays. But overall, the fact that you have it and people debate it is good in itself. I mean, anytime you can create debate, anytime, it's now awesome for social media, and it's awesome for the water cooler when you go to work on Monday morning. And by the way, anytime it also includes a sport that is highly bet on, Mm -hmm. which in our society now is almost every sport, but this is clearly highly bet on. The NFL is clearly highly wagered on. And I think you combine those two things Wagers with dollars on the line and people's emotions on the line with controversy and debate while you've got yourself a home run. I don't care what sport it is. Maybe that, to get back to what we were talking about with hockey, maybe that's what's missing in hockey. We don't have debate in hockey. Very few times. With someone in the crease, okay, it shows on the replay band. Nah, uh, but to be fair though, that that Sharks game where they put four on the, yeah, the Las, uh, was a Las Vegas Knights. I mean, that was a big call and that was big controversy. Yeah. And they got compared to the New Orleans game, you know. So, but still unusual, right? Yeah, it, it, very unusual. Doesn't yeah. happen enough. True. Uh, speaking of, I should do this as balling like right now. Okay. Did you see Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, That was pretty good. I mean, yeah, I guess, whatever. Man. I mean, you've got to cater to it. I know everybody on the outside is tired of it, but yeah. if you're in New Orleans and it's Jazz Fest yeah. and he comes out like a blind ref, <laughs> that's good stuff. Just play Margaritaville Jimmy and keep it moving. Let's go. <laughs> Just play Cheeseburger in Paradise and get on with it. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm not. I mean, hey, it's Jimmy Buffett, dude. Like, I, I feel like if anybody was going to do that, Jimmy Buffett's the right guy to do it. Let's yeah, be honest. It, it certainly fits. Yeah. Uh, let's switch over to the uh, NBA uh, for for a minute or two. Yes. I, I've got something else for you. I think we need to play a game. Right. Uh, not right now. Maybe a little bit later. And it's like going to be like Family Feud. 
okay. kind of game. Okay. Why doesn't the NBA enforce any of its rules? I they Coos can talk about it. Driving Dish podcast every week. They don't enforce anything. They don't enforce travel ever. What's they, travel, Brent? Come on. Yeah. Did no, you see the one? Did you no see the one video of of Curry on the three point attempt, like on the left wing? I yeah. mean, it was unbelievable. But that's what that's what Harden's been doing all season. And I get it. That's part of his game. He yeah. might be the MVP, and he gets away all with all the time. Everybody gets away with everything. Hey, MVP. Might, I said. Well, listen, okay. I'm, I'm clearly in Giannis's favor. My I man. put some votes in the bucket Saturday night after uh, watching Harden. <laughs> I appreciate that, Brent. Uh, but <laughs> they they don't enforce that. They don't enforce. Lane violations. Every guy. Lane violations. Jumps in. Yeah, they don't. They don't necessarily. They don't Do enforce. You start enforcing carries too while you're at it, Brent. They don't enforce carries. <laughs> they don't I enforce. the ref that calls the carries. They don't enforce moving screens. Yeah. Well, there they're. Was, they do, but they don't. That one's a little. Did iffy. you see it? I think it was a three pointer, but it might not have been that three. I think it was an. Was it Eric Gordon's three? I think it was Eric yeah. Gordon's three. Somebody picked like two guys. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Well, they've how gotten do you to the point where that? like they've gotten to the point where they're not even moving. They just kind of like extend out. Like, yeah, I know what you're talking so about. My question to you will be, and I think we need to do it in like Family Feud fashion. Oh boy. Like, can you get the X, the buzzer, and mm-hmm. or or the little uh, whatever to to make it sound like they got it right? Mm-hmm. But I think it will have about four responses. Yeah. In the Family Feud game. Yep. And what you have to be able to tell me is what rules do they consistently enforce in the NBA that are basketball rules? Like, what do they actually call? Don't tell me right now. But okay. think about it. Hmm. What do they actually call in the NBA on a consistent basis that are the rules of basketball? Because the NBA no longer abides by the rules. They just don't. I mean, they never call would it, anything. Would it, and I'm not saying that this is an argument for never calling rules, but wouldn't it be a very boring watch if at least 15 times a game they're calling for somebody staying in the lane for three seconds too long or like picking said, up their dribble a little funky? Imagine calling carries. Uh, imagine right. being the ref who calls the carry nonstop. Like imagine a point guard coming down the court and all of a sudden he calls three carries in a row. Listen, I get it. In the he NFL. Would be crucified right. on Twitter. In the and NFL, they I don't think. call holding on every play they could. Right. The NFL, they could call pass interference probably in any play. But they do call it. You they know which do one, call you it. Know Sometimes which one? they call it five, eight, ten times a game. I know you said not to answer this, but I think goaltending is probably one they're pretty consistent That is on. going to be one. Stop giving away the okay, answers. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, My I gosh, why can't he wait? I just said wait. Don't give us answers, <laughs> and he's giving us answers. <laughs> uh, but... I, it's a, isn't it crazy? I'm sitting there the other day watching this. And I'm like, okay, we've all, we all agree. It's kind of a joke now. They don't call traveling in the NBA. I mean, you can literally take four uh, steps in the NBA and it doesn't matter. I'm just so desensitized to tell you the truth. I'm but, just, but it's part are. of the game. We yeah. are. Who, by the way, created the carry? It was at Iverson. Like who, when did we, know. when did we change that? You have to dribble every time like this down. The, but when I grew up, we didn't dribble like that, by the way. <laughs> We didn't. We didn't dribble like that. Who had who had the killer crossover? I mean, Iverson had a crossover. But, for... but who? Uh, my gosh, it was somebody Iverson, else. Iver, I mean, how, was it Iverson how, how had the killer crossover? Oh no, yeah, Iverson had a crossover, man. But he, yeah. but the, the crossover that everybody talks about, I feel like I'm missing somebody else in here that had it. But it's the crossover that was so cool. Yeah. That changed to me. That changed popping the basketball, mm-hmm. carrying the basketball. Don't you think? Because you almost have to do it on that play. Tim Hardaway? Hardaway. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. 
So, huh, so okay. Tim Hardaway yeah. also had it. But yeah. if you don't, if you don't palm the ball or carry the ball, you really can't have a killer crossover because if you actually are coming from the top of the basketball and dribbling, it's going to get intercepted most of the time. True. But you can kind of hesitate and hop step. And, and cross over the way these guys did, which but is a great move. It's an entertaining who's move. Who's going to be that guy that's sitting at home like, oh, that's a carry. That's a carry. Get him out. Like, no one's going to. Listen, I'm not if, complaining if about you're making I'm that not, call. I'm fine with him not calling a carry. It's just the way it is now. Like, yeah. it shouldn't even be part of the definition True. of basketball anymore. But my point is they don't call anything. I mean, I just gave you five examples of stuff they don't call that are rules. I Let's can talk name more something, about but, yeah. it next in the NBA playoffs on ESPN 6 9. What you got on the magic whiteboard? Anything or too busy eating? No, I wrote something down, but I can't really share it. And there's, there's don't, don't worry, there, there's going to be a reason for that. Uh, I can't say it out loud, but <clears throat> it might happen this segment. We'll see. It's got to happen organically, though, but we'll see. That's all, that's all I can say. By the way, how much food are you eating over there? What do you mean? Like, seriously, like, I'm looking through the screen here, and I yeah. see, like, Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, man, we got uh, two nice uh, chicken breasts with some brown rice. Actually, some wild rice, excuse me. And then we got, like, a, like a nice salad here, too. I don't know, it's pretty standard for for a Monday, Brent. Will you feel a fight coming on soon, or what? <clears throat> well, I'm going to wrestling tonight, but yes, I, I do feel a fight coming on as well. I always feel a fight coming on, Brent. If you <laughs> yeah. keep uh, By the talking way, smack, yeah, we had we'll a tough see. week last week, you and I. We did, man. In fact, I couldn't wait till Saturday and Sunday to get a little breather from you. Right? <laughs> Maybe a little it's yoga? On. Maybe do a little rest <laughs> and relaxation? I don't blame you, man. I was doing the same thing, so props. All right. Uh, a little NBA chatter. We will play a – I want you to think about this, folks. A little family feud game. I mm. think I'm going to put four answers on the board. Always wanted to kind of host family feud. Survey says, yep, and we will. Mm -hmm. We'll do a little survey says. We might need a little caller interaction, caller participation. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one. But I don't want you to call right now with this answer. You can always call talk about anything. But uh, in a little bit, we'll play a little family feud style game, and that is what rules do the NBA officials really enforce? Because I just named five of them that they don't. And Kuz named one that they do. <laughs> of course, yeah, if you were listening, Kuz already uh, gave one away. But I, I think people would come up with this one. Uh, anyway, more uh, NBA chatter right now. I got another one for you. <coughs> what do you Why got? do I find myself? I, I, I said this at the top of the show. I find myself enjoying the Denver versus Portland series the most. And what you're going to say is, well, of course you are. One game went to... Four overtimes. Uh, Lillard's been awesome. Uh, you going to make it over there, by the way? I hope so. Keep going. Um, <laughs> and I, I had it a little earlier. Yeah, it's so. contagious, man. Thank you for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, yesterday's game was a good game. Mm -hmm. So the, the series has been good. But that's not why. I'm almost saturated by the star player. I'm almost where I watch every time I watch an NBA game, I watch Steph Curry and Durant. They've got the ball all the time, and how many points are they going to score, and uh, the accolades and the announcers and everybody talking about him. LeBron James, I mean, every game he plays, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. And I, this is not a knock to say I don't enjoy watching those games and those those players play. But in, in Saturday night, Harden and Paul and Harden and Harden and Harden and Harden and Curry and – it, it, that, that's all you get. Well, these guys have good players. They have some stars.
but people don't talk about them daily on ESPN radio all day. And they don't talk about these hot button issues w- with every guy. And are they going to the Knicks? And uh, Durant decided to go here. And, you know, they don't talk about Lillard that way. You know, they don't talk about McCollum that way. So I find it kind of refreshing that I'm watching a basketball game instead of really watching what feels a lot of times like a 1v1 or a 2 versus 2 star player, maybe sometimes even now 3 versus 3, the big 3, mm-hmm. watch because I kind of ignore everything else that goes on in the basketball game because all the attention and focus is on the 1, 2, 3 guys on a team. And Again, Lillard does not get that kind of attention, even though he might deserve it. But uh, it was interesting. I, I said that I kind of realized that this morning as I was watching Portland back uh, again. I said Ty was watching it. He had taped uh, the end of the game, and I was kind of locked in watching. I was I found myself just enjoying watching these two teams play a good basketball game and not having to see how many times Harden dribbled and then show me that he had forty one points or forty eight points or 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 everything. It, it's almost like. In the NBA, how many points a guy has? Did Russell Westbrook get a triple-double? <laughs> is more important than the outcome of the game. I think part of that is because of the NBA, the way it's built, where you sincerely, and, and if you hate this argument, well, it's too bad on you because it's true. You can almost every time just watch the last five, seven minutes of an NBA game, and you, you can get your fill. Uh, so maybe it's a little bit of that, that the game within a game for the first 40 minutes is almost more important than the actual game and, and the scoreboard. Uh, it almost has a sense of that, the way the NBA is built. No, and I get that. And you mentioned it, if Westbrook's going to get triple-double. I mean, a guy that's getting triple-doubles, the Joker, Jokic, from, um, yes. you know, from the Nuggets. and. It's a guy that nobody talks about. I wonder if it's because, you know, he is he, he's, he's not a U.S. citizen, you know, so, like, his English isn't the best. Um, he had a great uh, press conference, I think, after the <laughs> last the game mic. where he, he broke the microphone <laughs> and tried to play it off. Uh, probably not the best idea. But, listen, the, the, the Nuggets were a two-seed for a reason, okay? And he's a big part of that. And it's crazy to think at the center position that you almost refer to him now as a throwback because – you see the Anthony Davises, you see the Joel Embiid's who, who can take you out deep, they can take you inside. And not to say Joker can't do that, but he's just, number one, I think he's one of the best big passing big men in the NBA, if not one of the best passers in general in the NBA. And I think he's kind of got that game where you see like at the, at the YMCA, you know, you see that guy rocking like the, the neoprene sleeves with, with like the, the goggles. He's got that old school mentality. That's what the Joker reminds me of. You know what might surprise you? He's actually leading the NBA in the playoffs right now for assists out of everyone. I, I believe it, man. Uh, and, and that says a lot well, about plus him. Plus, he's got a great nickname. so The Joker. Yeah, you got to like that. But, I mean, you got him and you got Jamal Murray. Uh, he, he had 34 points, and I guarantee you go on the street right now, you ask 10 people that are maybe casual basketball fans or just random fans and ask him, who does Jamal Murray play for? How, how many of those 10 fans say the Denver Nuggets? Because I don't think it's going to be a lot of them. Yeah. And so that, the, but that's my point, though. So it's almost more enjoyable to watch as we, yeah. you know, unless you're a, a guy that watches the NBA all the time, you feel like you're watching a basketball game, a good basketball game, and you're almost like learning about these guys more so because they're, let's face they they play out west, so they're not household names. I thought it was surprising when I was out in Denver that they had um, – uh, Murray as uh, their like banner 
star that they had on one of the banners when of we course. were driving past the city. I really was the, like, why don't you have the legit all star? Right. Well, that's what Joker. I said. I was like, why not? Well, and maybe they do on the other side of the city. You know, I only pass by the one side, but I, I even said to my girlfriend at the time, I'm like, oh, I'm surprised they're not, you know, featuring Jokic, yeah. who's their main guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I- Again, I don't know how they treat. I, they're probably stars in Denver. They're probably. I'm talking about transcendent stars a, mm-hmm. along the way. Um, so I found myself thinking of that uh, a little bit. The other thought I had this weekend talking about the NBA is just how good. I mean, we already know Kawhi Leonard's good, right? He was he was awesome the other day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it crossed my mind that Kawhi Leonard is the Mike Trout of the NBA, where you might have – those might be two of the most talented players. Now, like Mike Trout clearly is the best player in baseball. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard's not the best player in basketball, but he's in the conversation. He could be the best two-way player in basketball. Yeah, so he's in the conversation. Yeah. But he's not clearly the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, Durant, LeBron, Westbrook. I mean, Curry, you can even say yeah. Curry over him. So, But my point is I feel like there's this – the least talked about – Guys that are great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's a category, <laughs> but you, we just don't talk about them. And again, there's so many stars in the NBA. We've had this conversation, but Trout being on the West Coast, he doesn't have like this crazy personality. Uh, Kawhi doesn't have, I don't think, a personality that's going to catch <laughs> a you like personality, but it's going to catch you like Curry and Westbrook and LeBron. Yeah. So I think it's hard to. To be transcendent, to be, you know, the most uh, notable guy in your league. But it got me thinking, like, I mean, who else are we missing in sports that just don't get talked about but are really great? Golf, I think, has some of those. Justin Rose is has been, like, the number one player in the world at times, and nobody really talks about him. Everybody's Tiger and Rory and Phil and, and everyone at Ricky Fowler. You know, Ricky Fowler gets a ton of attention. He, yeah, he's not even, like, top three, top five in the world. So I think golf has some of those. I don't. Th- is Football there someone like some. that for the NFL? Are you kidding me? Yeah, there definitely is. Um, it's hard though with fantasy oh, football, isn't? I got one playing the defensive position. So I'm going to name this player, and let me see if you can guess this player quick. So last year he had 13 sacks. The year before that he had 17 sacks. I shared 13 sacks a year prior. This is a guy that sacks. nobody talks about. 17 sacks two years ago. 17. And nobody talks about this guy. Oh, man. Um, uh, I'm not getting anywhere here. Uh, Oh, oh, uh, Chandler Jones. Nailed it. Good job, Brent. My man. Yes, Chandler Jones. I feel like Chandler Jones is a guy that nobody really appreciates and nobody talks about at all. That's a good call. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, he. I saw a stat that somebody was doing some uh, information with Yannick Ngakwe and where he stacks up. Yeah. You know, the Von Millers and everybody else had everybody. And Chandler Jones topped the list. Yeah. And I don't know. If, I, I really don't know what the metric was. But the bottom line, it was pass rushing. It was stats. And Dude's it was sacks. Record. And he was at the top of the list. So that's a really good one. Yeah. Patriots kind of just let him walk, too. Well, I guess, they've, I mean, that's the, that's the kind of that's the Patriots their do, right? Not going to pay the guy, yeah. you know, that, that kind of money. But, uh that's a really good call. Yeah. I wonder what else is in sports that we're missing, you know, uh, like especially those big sports that we all talk about all the time, but we don't talk about. I think Kawhi Leonard fits. And again, yeah. people say, well, we talk plenty about Mike Trout. We do, but relative to his skill set, we don't. 
you know, same thing with Kawhi Leonard. And I think Chandler Jones might may be on the top of that list because nobody really talks about Chandler Jones. Never. He's a sack master. And when we come back, it's going to be a monumental day tomorrow at Jacksonville University. I'll tell you why next on ESPN 690. Can't wait to get to the uh, whiteboard for Austin Lane here in just a little bit, but oh, that, got that right here. what is it? Sp- Spider Verse is back. Did you guys see the new Spider-Man trailer today? I didn't because it told me not to look if they hadn't seen uh, Endgame yet. Oh well, too bad. I'm gonna spoil it for anyways. So uh, the new Spider-Man trailer. There's a character by the name of uh, Mysterio. And if you watch the trailer, it, he says that he came from the Spider-Verse. So I'm not sure if that's true or not. And I'm not sure if Mysterio is going to be a good guy or bad guy. He's always been a bad guy. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, by the way, is playing Mysterio. Brendan Case are interested. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts. But uh, so, yeah, so he hinted that the Spider-Verse is real. And if that's the case, you can do a lot of cool things. Obviously, we saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, one of the best movies uh, of the year last year, if not all time. So really curious to see where the Spider-Man franchise goes. Yeah, me too. Yep. I'm excited about it. Fired up. <laughs> Welcome back here, Action Sports Jackson, ESPN 690. Uh, let's get to some sports. Big day at Jacksonville University tomorrow, 3 p.m., because the Jacksonville University women's lacrosse team will host an NCAA tournament game against Mercer. So make sure you get out there to JU. And we welcome in the uh, head coach of JU women's lacrosse, Mindy McCord, right now. Hey, Mindy, congratulations. This is pretty cool stuff for you guys. Thank you. We're we're super excited to be hosting the NCAA game and um, getting able to play at home. How uh, did this come about? What kind of step did you guys have to take? Because you've been in the, the tournament, uh, I think, uh, six out of the last seven years, so you have some experience. You guys have been good. Uh, what was the difference this year in terms of getting in and getting a home game? Well, um, you know, you have, to, you have to win your conference championship, so – uh, we're able to secure that against Liberty this past uh, weekend. And, um, you know, the NCAA um, pool of amount of teams has increased over the years. So um, it allowed us to be able to, um, you know, play a regional game against Mercer as a, as a conference winner and then move on to the next round um, if we win at Michigan. What's it mean to you guys? Uh, obviously making the tournament's a, a good thing and, and – keep winning and all the success you guys have had, but uh, does it hit a little bit of different level for you moving forward, recruiting trail, all those good things? Yeah, I think um, anytime you get a chance to play in the postseason and, you know, continue practicing and developing your players, um, I think that's, that's huge. A lot of teams don't get that opportunity, so we're blessed by that. Um, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, you know, winning is helpful, and um, we hope that, you know, players will be attracted to a winning culture as well as a winning team. You guys uh, have, it sounds like you have a mix, uh, some veterans, but also some pretty talented young players. Uh, give us an idea of, of what your team's all about, the strengths of it, and how good some of those young players are. Yeah, I, w- I would say that um, our possession game is, is one of our strengths. You know, the start of the game, um, we have a, a draw. That is a big, important statistic that we've been doing really well. Getting that possession and scoring um, has been a real bread and butter for us. Um, we're, we're a run-and-gun team, so we want to get a certain amount of shots a game, and we want you know 50% or more of those to go in the cage. Um, our defense um, is young. Uh, we have a starting freshman goalie and two freshman crease 
um, defenders with a sophomore transfer so um, and one senior captain. So, um, you know, we're a little bit more novice back there, and our job is just to get the ball back, whether it's through saves or interceptions or ground balls. Um, we just want to really attack on defense as well. Mindy McCord with us, uh, Jacksonville University women's lacrosse coach. Uh, play-in game, the opening round tomorrow at D.B. Milne Field, 3 o'clock against Mercer. Uh, and the winner will go on to play the eight-seed uh, Michigan uh, up north. So that would be uh, fantastic to get that opportunity. Tell us a little about the matchup tomorrow against Mercer. How do you feel uh, you guys match up with them? Yeah, we uh, just played them recently at the end of our regular season. Um, had a, a pretty um, great win against them. So, um, you know, again, our run-and-gun style of play and our depth, we think, will help us to be most effective. And, you know, that's what we got to go out there and do is, is just play our game and, and our style of play. And if we have the opportunity to um, win that game. Um, we've seen Michigan twice, um, two years in a row, and um, we've won that matchup. So, um, you know, I think we have uh, the best bracket that we could possibly have to be able to have success and move forward. But we got to – we got to go out there and do it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Mindy McCord with us from J Women's Lacrosse, and and you mentioned it, but you've had success four and zero against Mercer. Uh, beat them twenty one to six earlier this year, and then you have to go back to last year to to beat Michigan fourteen to nine. But there's no doubt some of that will will give you built in confidence in both uh, these games potentially. Got to get by uh, tomorrow first. How is we talk uh, lacrosse? We talk about how much it's growing. Uh, we talk about it on the men's side, the boys' side. I mean, Ponte Vedra High School is, is unbelievable right now. They're going to a Final Four later this week. Uh, I think you guys have a fantastic program on the men's side over there at Jacksonville University, uh, and it's growing all over the place, not just uh, that New, New England, mid-Atlantic sport anymore. How about on the women's side? Is it growing just as rapidly or, or maybe even faster? Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the growth of the sport in the Southeast has been huge, and in North Florida especially, there's just, um, you know, a lot of participation on the women's side. And, um, you know, they're getting stronger. Bartram Trail won um, the state championship not, uh, last year. And so, you know, it's, it's really it's really gaining some momentum here in the South. Yeah, so, so pretty good local talent? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's getting better every year. We always have some local players that we recruit and, um, you know, we have Julia Duff um, um, on our team and Shannon Cotter from our local area here. So it's it's been nice to be able to keep some hometown players on, on our sideline. Last one for you. How, as you guys have had success, and, and I'm pretty, uh, they already have had success over there on campus on the men's side, but I really think uh, that program will continue to grow and, and find some big success. How, how about that dynamic uh, when you can be good on the men's and women's side in any sport, but but maybe in your sport? Uh, does that carry some weight? Are they two separate things? Oh, I think together, you know, you're so much stronger. You know, we, we have a lacrosse culture. We want to be the lacrosse capital of the South. You know, building a facility together and, and sharing that facility has been, you know, huge, and that's a great recruiting tool. And you know, when you have a lot of success on both sides, the momentum just grows and it affects the university culture in a positive way, your student athletes and your recruiting. So, um, you know, really proud of our men's program. Um, Want to see them super successful. They had a great top 10 win against High Point this year. So we're, we're always in their court cheering them on and they're always in ours.
All right, and the facilities uh, upgraded as well, so that never hurts. Uh, good, uh, good luck tomorrow, uh, Mindy McCord, JU Women's Lacrosse coach, and you guys will play against Mercer three o'clock tomorrow. Winner against number eight seed Michigan on the road. Uh, get on out and watch some really good women's lacrosse tomorrow afternoon, three o'clock, right there at DB Milney Field. Thanks, coach, for joining us, and good luck. Thank you so much, and I tweeted you to come to our game, so I hope to see you there, too. <laughs> we'll have a camera there for sure. Uh, 3 o'clock, we might have to do the radio show from there if that's the case. We might have Maybe to. we'll have to hey, look that, into that. That works for us. All right. Thanks. Good luck tomorrow. All right. Take care. Thank- Oh, sorry. I think I cut off uh, Coach McCord right there at the end. <laughs> Apologies for that. But uh, thanks for coming on. That's pretty good stuff. I, I've said this and I probably should have said it more about the women's program, too. But I've said this about lacrosse in the state of Florida and specifically JU. I think, and again, I'll say it about the women's side, I think you can go up against the Michigans of the world in lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And, and you think Michigan, if you go against them in football or basketball or or almost any sport, you're like, okay, well, we're going to be outmanned here. You know, well, we're going to be. Of course. I mean, it's a university that's very well known that has a lot of resources. I'm sure they have the finest facilities and whatnot so they can get the best recruits. So yeah. you would think in any sport, Michigan's going to be on top of their game. But much like golf, I think lacrosse is like that. And baseball has a little bit of this, too, where a program that Mindy McCord's running here at Jacksonville University, they can make some waves on the national scene. I think. The men's program at Jacksonville University will make some waves on the national scene. They already did. They beat High Point earlier this year, as Mindy mentioned. But I don't think it's unrealistic to say you can even win a national championship. They are just tapping into some of the talent mm-hmm. here in the state of the Florida and Southeast. Lacrosse is a mid-Atlantic New England sport. East it's Coast, John Hopkins. Yeah. It's Syracuse. Uh, but I watched it happen at, even at Albany. The University at Albany when I was up there. Now, again, it's kind of in that pocket. But they burst on the national scene within years. Scott Mars, coach up there, he's done a really good job. But you can become a national contender in lacrosse really quick. It's it's kind of cool because, again, there's so many sports that you really can't. You can't compete with those big-name schools, those power fives. But in this, and, and UNF Golf is doing it too. Scott Schroeder and UNF Golf, I mean, they're the 13th-ranked team in the country in golf. Hmm. So uh, I think that's fun. We saw it with baseball, Coastal Carolina few years back, right? They won the, won the World Series. Yep. Coastal Carolina. If Coastal Carolina can win the World Series in baseball, yeah. JU can win. University of North Florida can win. Gulf Coast, Stetson, you know, those guys, they can win. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of fun in those sports to be able to say, you don't just have to be a Power Five. And, I mean, UCF has found out, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you're yeah. not in the Power Five, you almost don't even get a chance. Exactly. You don't even get a sniff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I like it about some of those other sports that you're able to to pull that out. So good luck tomorrow. Get out at 3 o'clock tomorrow at the DB Mildley Field. Maybe we'll head over there. I'm in. Maybe we should look in. in tomorrow? You would have been a good lacrosse player. Too bad it, was, it wasn't big in Wisconsin. It looks like fun. Yeah? Dang. Sorry. Would have increased my footwork like, like Andy Isabella. I got to get to the bottom of this whiteboard thing and what I have to set you up so you can reveal the no, whiteboard. I'm man, confused. We're all I don't good. know don't why. Don't worry. We're good. And can we play the, the family feud game? I mean, you're the boss. If you want to play it, let's play it. Let's do it next on ESPN 690. What you got? Anything on that whiteboard? What do I have to unveil here? Let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Jeez. All right. This is the key. I think if we talk about the 76ers for a second. Is that the key? 
It might be the key. Well, Coos, I mean, I wanted to ask you because with the 76ers, you know, the series is tied now, and there were some debates of whether Embiid is elite, if he is one of the best centers in the game. And it's like me, you were talking about a couple breaks ago, where I can't call him one of the best centers in the game if he doesn't demand the ball 20 to 30 times a game like Shaq did. Like, to me, Shaq's mm-hmm. one of the best of all time because you knew regardless of how he felt, um, regardless of what team he's on, if you're sharing the ball with Kobe, even in Miami with Dwayne Wade a little bit, I feel like Shaq always got his touches. And with Embiid, it doesn't seem like that. Embiid, well, and I think it's because the game's changed so much where centers are now also, you know, you can run the offense through them. And if they're good at passing, and Embiid's pretty decent at passing, so you can you can run a pick and roll off of him or you can pass him the ball down low and then run some, you know, plays off of that. So I think, you know, the other part to look into it now is look at the assists yeah. and look at all the things that uh, are coming from there. All right, so what's the deal with Embiid? What, what with the injuries? and Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, it seems like it's excuses because he's talking about how he's, you know, throwing up and got some stomach issues only on games that he loses. Um, and then, then, you know, in between those, he has a monster game. So it's like, what are you? Are you going out and partying? Like, what's going on? Why are you feeling this way? So now, as a Sixers fan, are you nervous at all? I mean, series is tied. Kawhi's playing out of his mind. I mean, from the Eastern Conference breakdown, because we can talk about the Bucks a little bit too against the Celtics. Interesting game tonight as well. But from you know being a, an analyst like you are and being a, a 76ers fan, are you a little nervous right now? You're always nervous when you're like you. You would love to go up three to one. I mean, yeah. what are the odds? Like 96% go on to win that series. So you always want to. Uh, you know, get get up on a team like that, but you know, I I still think there's some highlights in the uh, in the Sixers side of things. Uh, JJ Redick shot pretty well he did, uh, yeah. in Game Three. Uh, Tobias Harris shot so bad, but I think you could you know place the argument that you know, maybe he doesn't shoot that bad again. How about TJ? S- well, hang on, wait. So, Kuz, I sent you some music. Do you mind? Um playing that music on my queue here. Bromley, we're going to do something new today, if you don't mind. Another thing new? Yep. Surprise. All right. On my go. Three, two, one. It's the TJ McConnell box score breakdown. It's the TJ McConnell box score breakdown. TJ McConnell box score breakdown. How many points? How many assists? How many steals? How many rebounds? Well, I'm going to tell you because it's the TJ McConnell box score breakdown. All right. Uh, TJ McConnell didn't play. I was going to say he didn't play. I was wondering where this was going. Didn't touch the court. That's your guy, man. And this has been your TJ McConnell box score breakdown of the day. What are you going to divorce yourselves? Yourself of TJ. I'm not because the thing is back. True Philadelphia folk hero. I can't wait. You think about it this year, like two years ago. (laughs) Two years ago, when the Sixers can't even buy ten wins, and they're just looking for diamonds in the rough. TJ McConnell's coming in and you know providing spark. He's a He's getting in the lane. He hit a game winner against Orlando Diamonds a few years ago. Rough. That's what you do needle when the teams are losing. He, he's a needle in a stack of needles. Congratulations. Him and Robert, <laughs> him and Robert Covington came in off oh, the D-League yeah. and balled out. Cool, man. I can't wait to do that breakdown every single time the Sixers play it from now on. That's save, fine. Save that track because it's going to happen again whenever they play again. That is uh, – who – I mean, 
he loves himself some TJ. Oh, doesn't he? he can't get enough of him, man. One of one of Philly's greatest sons, as he's as he's put it before. So. All right, let's try. <laughs> since we're on a roll, he's got that look in his eye. Yeah, he doesn't. He I'll doesn't. go back. I'll go back and pull you some highlights if you want to watch him. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Let's keep doing my TJ McConnell breakdown. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, yeah, but if you were good on a team that got ten wins but can't play in a team that's in the second round of the playoffs. Well, that's but but a that's lot far of from folk Boban Manjanovic isn't playing right now Trust because he's too slow. I mean, it's it's matchup too. I know, but this did all stem from you calling him a kind of hero in Philly. Mm-hmm. I know, and he and and Sixers fan will probably agree with me on that. I mean, you you might have put like on social media the use of the greater sign. You might have said <laughs> T.J. McConnell greater than. Nick Foles. I wonder if we can get like a, I didn't say that. Like a Philly cheesesteak place. <laughs> I did not say, whoa, 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 hold on. Can we, can we get like a Philly cheesesteak place to sponsor the TJ McConnell breakdown every single that day? That would be good. All right. I'm South out. of Philly, down they in uh, St. Augustine. Do they still have one? Oh, they have one in St. Augustine? St. Augustine. That's just uh, right over here. I'm going to start reaching out. I don't think that's oh, yeah. there anymore. I used this to go there when gold. I was an intern here. Okay. I don't think it's yeah, there anymore. It's probably been gone for a bit. Um... <laughs> Uh, Thanks for setting me up, Brent. <laughs> Appreciate finally, it. I had to yeah, get that to that. Was the, well, I was thinking we were talking about some playoff basketball today, so I had that chalked up ready to go. You know, it's crazy. We didn't even talk about, like, Steph Curry, Miss Dunk, and the whole well, that's on Rockets the fall and in, Warriors. Spoiler and, alert. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. All right, let's get to my game. So I've said, yeah. if you missed the show earlier, I said, what rules do we even enforce in the NBA anymore? And the answer to that is very few. I, I watched the game. And I've watched enough games to know we don't call traveling. We Mm -hmm. know that. That's like across the board. We don't call carrying or palming the basketball. Uh, Thanks to Tim Hardaway and Allen Iverson, we determined. We don't call lane violation in the NBA. We hardly call a moving screen. I saw one guy in, and I still can't remember who it was, pick two Warrior players the other day to set up an open three on the move, and nothing was called. And I think there was one other thing they don't call. Travel, carry, lane violation. Oh, three seconds. Mm. But okay. nobody calls three seconds. Never and heard nobody of it. calls carries. So those are five rules. Five that they enforced when they put the old peach basket up. And now no longer. We don't do it in the NBA. It's like they play by their own set of rules in the NBA. There oh, are no there's rules. There's some rules still in force, Brent. Come on now. Okay, so the question is, family feud style, you have four responses on the board. I hope there are. We've surveyed 100 people. <laughs> oh, you actually <laughs> this asked is, people. This is Brent's moment. I love it. <laughs> and come up with four of them, guys, that they do enforce in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Kuz. You can be number one. Survey says... Goaltending. Very good. Thank you. Can I go too or not? Yeah, now you're on his team. You're like part of a family. Oh, this so is one... it's me and Kuz and yeah. we're just playing against the board here. Okay, so yeah. I am going to select... Oh, man. Um, Kuz, you got any more? <laughs> I've got five written down. Jeez, I didn't think we actually like had to put a lot of stake into this here. I didn't. I just, when he said we were going to okay. play the game, okay. I wrote down. I have one. Uh, kicking. Kickball. Kickball. Hit it up. Yep. Yes. Thank you very much. Although Ty, Ty said a couple of times they didn't call that, but that's all right. I think consistently they They're call per, that. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Goose? Backcourt violations. 
That's a great one. Yeah, how often is that called? That's that's fantastic. Exactly. It's oh. not, it doesn't happen a lot, but they consistently call I it. I have one, too. Can you get one wrong just so we can have the uh, the, the buzzer? No problem. Uh, shot clock violation. Not wrong. That's correct. Thank you for playing. How is the shot clock <laughs> violation wrong? He told me to that's play the most, the... Don't, by just because Brent tells you to that's do something. A, that's computerized. What do you mean it's computerized? That's not you still got to make the call. call. That's an NBA rule, sir. You, you have 24 seconds to make a shot. Clear path. They'll call that. I don't even know what that is. The, in the uh, a what? If they if they have like a breakaway and you foul them and they were obviously going to get the spot, they'll call well, it a clear pass. See, that's what I was going to tell. I was actually going to say that one for you guys. They call, they do a pretty good job of calling the flagrant ones. Block and charge you know? too. There, I mean, it, you know, those kind of go uh, back Draymond and forth. Draymond Green might disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, they do call charges yeah. and blocks fairly consistently. Well, whether it's a charge or a block is up for debate, though. You right, know? and so that's why I kind of grouped them into Which, one. By the call. way, that should be a shameless plug right now for Rex Chapman's Twitter handle because his block and charge thing is really good on social media. I was so there hoping go. there was going to be a, a Kentucky Derby one about the horses running because it was all about bumping into yeah, each yeah. other. Yeah. There might be to come. Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, that's pretty good. You guys got, uh, I'll tell you another one they don't call. Oh, here, you can say this just so we can hear the buzzer again. <laughs> what, what, okay. They don't always what do call. Uh, what's it? Eight seconds. You, it's 10 second violation in, uh, in, in college. Oh, the eight, yeah. Eight seconds. Yeah. Who's going to be, who's going to be a ref? No, they don't call that. You, you need the horn. You need the buzz. They don't know. They, they just barely get it over the line. <laughs> Are you counting? Who's counting for eight seconds? Well, it like, shows the Brent's refs doing it. you got to go like this. Brent's the refs got a do stopwatch it. on his couch. Just, oh, he's at seven. He better get going. Nope. Call Go it. On. You watch that game, and, and you tell me if they – if the guy's been at eight no, seconds or not. I'm not going to count eight-second violations, Brent, because I want my experience to be enjoyable. I'm just saying they don't. I'm just saying I want my basketball viewing experience to be enjoyable. I'm not going to be having a stopwatch counting eight seconds at least to make sure the they get past half court. Okay. So Buzz me all you want. I'm still talking. Hey, Coos, do they call traveling? Do they call three seconds? <laughs> <laughs> no, Number three. Do they call a lane violation? Yeah, do they do call it. carrying the basketball? Definitely not. Buzz that all day. And you're right, they do call cold tending. I think me and Kuz won the game. Could we, could we go you guys to the, did a pretty good job. S- what do they call it? No, the survey showdown? What, no, what's the... Uh, yeah, the, the survey showdown, right? Where I we, think so. Yeah, you got to go quick. Yeah, we have to go in the booth. You know yeah. what I always thought about Family Feud is, is like, all they win is 20 grand for getting that. What's that guy on Jeopardy at now? Like 1.4 million. Millions. And now they've taken a break. We were talking about this. They're taking a break because, you know, the summer kind of. It's even they're doing some controversy. Uh, well, no, they're taking a break because it's like the teacher's edition now where they bring in teachers to yeah. do it. But it's also like ratings. <laughs> Talk about a snooze fest. Well, we said this. It was, we were talking yesterday in the sports department. It's, it's, it's ratings in TV land. Yeah. So why wouldn't you keep him playing right now. Yeah, because it, it, it's the teacher's tournament. Like, it was scheduled a year out in advance. So push him to the side. Yeah, exactly. Push the teachers to the side because we don't appreciate him enough in this country. Now they can't even have their own Jeopardy segment when, when it's supposed to air. Fantastic, bro. They're off in June what and a, July. That's what, what a message you're it. sending. Pump what a message. Your yeah. Go ahead and pump your brakes, Brent. My little balling and falling into football talk. Forget about this NBA. They don't follow the rules of NBA anyway. <laughs> Talk about football, controversy, schedule, opponents. Following the rules. Next on 100%. ESPN 690. Someday, man. Someday yeah. you'll graduate to friendship with Mike Golick. I can only hope. 
uh, I feel like my friendship with Coos is on uh, the rocks right now. Yeah, he's singing songs about First time I've ever seen DJ. him upset, and I don't know, man. He, he, he had those dead eyes. It was like a doll's eyes, you know, like ready to kill somebody. I'm, I'm nervous. Adam Sandler, <laughs> tribute to uh, Chris Farley. Did you catch it? Oh, I watched the episode. Oh, did you Adam see Adam Sandler, man, yes. Yeah, oh, come on. Yeah, I didn't uh, see it. I mean, I saw the tribute part, but I didn't. I didn't see the whole show. Yeah, um, Chris Farley, a guy that I grew up um, watching and everything. You know, he's not really for my generation, but I'll never forget in in school during the last week of school. You know, the last week of school is kind of BS, right? You just you don't really do anything. And our physics teacher, Mr. Snyder, used to put the best of Chris Farley on uh, Saturday Night Live on TV for the classroom for like the last week of school. So we used to always That's watch a good it. Teacher. And, and that was every single year we did that. So like th- that was my, uh, you know, that was like my initiation to to Chris Farley, man. But um, you talk about a guy that I feel like he, he, he could have been funny in any generation. You know, I think yeah, he, yeah. he eclipses generations. And what the, the cool thing about the Adam Sandler tribute, and for people that don't know, is Adam Sandler hosted SNL, and then he played, uh, you know, Adam Sandler is known for playing songs, and he played a Chris Farley tribute. And what I took from that, which was really sad, I mean, somebody was cutting onions in my apartment complex really? Really? because it, it was it was a touching thing but like what i gathered from it was that everybody misses chris farley because he was a funny guy right but what i gathered from adam sandler is adam sandler didn't miss chris farley because he's funny adam sandler misses chris farley because he's one of his best friends and and that's the sad part for me where we we miss his his greatness we miss him and tommy boy we, we miss all those characters but sandler just misses him as a friend that he lost you know so that's uh that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll get to Adam Sandler talking about the New York Knicks in just a moment, too, <laughs> from uh, Saturday Night Live. But one more thought on on Farley. It, like, see, he was in my wheelhouse. Like, Tommy mm-hmm. Boy's my movie. Yeah. Like, that was college movie. One I watched, like, five million times. I'm not a movie watcher, and I'm also not a – like, I don't watch movies multiple times. You know, you might – obviously, you catch Rocky a lot. Yeah. But – uh, I don't sit there and watch whatever movie 17 times and memorize lines. Yeah. Well, Tommy Boy was the, the movie. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's just so I couldn't I, I had to go back and read some stuff on Farley mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. It just I first of all, didn't realize that he died like in 97 while I was still in college. It was just a couple of years after Tommy Boy came out. Yeah. And if you start looking at some of the stories like of him and Sandler on Saturday Night Live for that stretch, like from 90, 91 to 95, I think it was or 96. And, and then a couple of them got fired. I think Sandler mm-hmm. did right. And Chris Rock. I mean, <laughs> just those must have been some crazy, crazy times. Like, it's a good thing they don't have, didn't have social media then. Yeah. And th- there's a great documentary called I Am Chris Farley that um, came out a couple years ago that basically just tells the life of Chris Farley. I'm not sure if you've seen it or not. But, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. And, and, and it's sad to bring up because obviously there was some issues with, like, substance abuse and whatnot um, and, and alcohol was uh, was, was two, two of the big things with Chris Farley. And it's one of those things where – the guy burned the candle at both ends. You know, I mean, you pretty much knew he was headed for where he was heading. But then, like, do you think his greatness came from some of those things? You know, it's like when they say, yeah, rock, yeah. like, like the rock stars die too, uh, too young. You know, like Amy Winehouse, perfect example. Amy Winehouse had a, um, you know, she had a lot of problems with substance abuse, but. Like, I don't know, maybe for those instances where she had the substance abuse, maybe that's what made her so good was the turmoil and the struggle, the inner struggles and things like that. And that's why her music was so good. It's just, 
it's kind of catch twenty two. Yeah, you know? I I think it's a little relatable. It makes them relatable. Mm-hmm. I I. I don't think Chris Farley was hilarious and funny because he drank all night and used cocaine and, and stuff like that. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think so, at least. Sure. Maybe I hesitate to say that because I think that's a dangerous path to go down. <laughs> if you think you got to do that stuff to yeah. be successful or be funny or be a good singer or whatever. But I get your point. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's an interesting question to ask. Um, and I think I think what the correlation to me is – a guy like Chris Farley was just no holds barred and didn't care. Mm-hmm. Just didn't care. Like he, he didn't care if he was butt naked in a parking lot and making people laugh or he was in a movie or he was on Saturday Night Live or if he was doing drugs and drinking heavy. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's just life was one big party, which is oh, there's something about that with people like that that is kind of almost admirable in a way yeah. that you can just like have that much of, I don't really give a damn. Yep. Uh, so let me ask you this. But it's also very dangerous. Was John Belushi kind of in your wheelhouse as a kid no. or not? Or he, he was earlier no. than that. But yeah. Belushi and obviously Farley are, yeah. are and linked. Like, yeah, and Belushi wasn't, I mean, you know, he, he's a little before my time. Like, yeah. I've seen Animal House and everything like that, you know, but I couldn't really appreciate him. But I felt like Farley definitely bridged the gap from Belushi to, to Farley. And then he was the next one. He was the and, next uh, one. And ironically died. I think both of them died at the age of 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's, but Farley for me is just right there. Like, I mean, for someone like Coos, Chris Farley doesn't, you know, it's like probably whatever. Isn't going like, to be the get needle. It. Yeah. But, and I don't know if we've had a Chris Farley since. No, uh, <laughs> I don't think you're really going to have a Chris Farley again. Well, I don't know, but they to, probably said the same about Belushi is my point. True, you know, no, and then 10 a, years later you had one. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think back and of people I, that again, I've seen. Again, I don't I appreciate Belushi even as much as I can, but, mm-hmm. I mean, that's who he, he's compared to. Uh, you know, last year, this was a, such a show that I would not normally have gone to, and I'm so glad I did because it was fantastic. Uh, at the St. Augustine Amphitheater, uh, Adam Sandler, David Spade, Rob Schneider, and Nick Swartzen were there. It was a comedy <laughs> show. And again, I don't really go to that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I go to a concert here or there, but I didn't. I was asked for one to go. I was like, all right, let's do it. Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. David Spade, that's cool. Tommy Boy. Of course. I like, it was awesome. Yeah. Like, it was really good so stuff. Like and a, he did a lot of tribute stuff. Now, he didn't do that song in its entirety. Sure. But I think all the time he tries to remember Chris Farley. I think he, they were that close of buddies. Yeah. Uh, obvious. I think that's obvious. But I, I, to your point, I think it's genuine. You know, everything that comes from You can almost see the sadness in Adam Sandler's face mm-hmm. the other night yeah. uh, doing that song. So. But I think he did everybody, um, you know, a service, too, because let's be honest, with SNL these days, I feel like it's for the younger generations. You know, like I, I feel like the older generations want to hate on and say, like, these aren't funny. It's too political, yada, yada, yeah. yada, whatever. Cool. But, like, when Adam Sandler comes back on, you know, I feel like all the generations, because Adam Sandler's been around for a long time. You Absolutely. know, whether it's it's grown-ups now or if it was, like, Happy Gilmore back then, I mean, whatever you want to – Name your movie. I mean, Adam Sandler's been in it. So everybody can relate to Adam Sandler. And then the fact that he played that song for Chris Farley, even the younger generations that may not be too familiar with Chris Farley, I feel like they're going to go on YouTube, type in his name, look him up, and all of a sudden appreciate the guy for who he was. Yeah, and I kind of wondered that, too, over the weekend. I'm like, all right, if I show my kids either now or in a couple years, uh, you know, say when I was 18 and Tommy Boy came out, will will Tommy Boy be as funny to Mm -hmm. them as it was to me? Yeah. I don't know if time... 
time changes it that much. I think it does probably, mm-hmm. uh, but we're not talking about an old black and white movie either. You exactly. know, <laughs> we're talking about a comedy movie. Funny is funny to fun, me, man. man. Like, but it is and it isn't. I mean, dumb and dumb raccoons you can put in, and it's still going to be funny and, to this and day. And that might be where it falls. But yeah. you know, how many times have you had a relative be like, "Yeah, go watch this movie. It's hilarious." <laughs> yeah. so Nineteen sixty-three, and you're like, "It is." <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, mean, I, so you. I wonder about that with. And yeah. the kids in a few years will have to show it to them. And it will never be as funny as it probably was to me just yeah. because it was in that perfect wheelhouse of time yeah. uh, for for uh, Tommy Boy and, and Chris Farley. But speaking of Adam Sandler, he got into a little hoops, right, and uh, had a little comment or two uh, about the uh, New York Knicks. Just wait till the rat comes to the knee. Please, please, Gavin, and bring Kyrie. <laughs> bring Kyrie. <laughs> All you need is Spike Lee up there. Exactly. Well, because you're saying they're right now the Knicks are sixth for for next year. Yeah, Westgate Westgate yeah. put out their uh, predictions for next year to win the title, and I think uh, Golden State is number one, but the Knicks were sixth. Yeah, I saw on that, that list. And, and I really don't get it. Is that just a play uh, by Vegas a little bit to get some it's, money down on it? It's to shock the world, get I attention. Guess. I mean, but how do you make those kind? Of, can well, you I really mean, assume that much yeah. to Wright and Kyrie Irving? No, it's not and that, but, it, but it's something. It, it's something, Brown. Like they're they're going to get a couple stars. I mean, it's the mm. New York Knicks. You know, regardless of of the management, what we've been talking about a lot, we've been critical of. I mean, it's still the New York Knicks. There's still a lot of history. It's still Madison Square Garden. Someone's going to want to go there. Yeah, but I think it's all going to stem off them getting Zion, which isn't necessarily fully in their ability to control. You know, they still got to do the lottery and figure out where they're picking. If they're not number one, then mm-hmm. it changes a lot of things. Do you believe the rumor is going around that if the Knicks do get Zion, that they might trade him to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis? I have heard that. I I don't know what you that <laughs> that would be interesting. That'd be insane. <laughs> I'm all for it. I don't know if I would do it. Like, Zion could potentially be the dude. Like, Anthony Davis isn't really the dude right now either? I I get it. Oh, Zion's younger. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not that much younger. Anthony Davis makes me money on FanDuel, so I'm all for him. There's, I will say this with certainty Zion Williamson will no way be a better player than Anthony Davis in his NBA career. Go and record that quick. I just hope Zion goes someplace big. Like, I don't want to see anybody go to play for Phoenix. I'll be honest. John Morant, don't go to Phoenix. Yeah, don't go to Milwaukee or anything. Zion, easy Brent. Oh, we're about to fight. How hard is that Jag schedule after the break? <laughs> nice segue. I'm about to fight you. Let's Get ready. talk about it <laughs> on ESPN 690 next. What you got on the magic whiteboard? I've so got to fill this, my other one in Yeah, soon. you do. So this is going to touch in my stay in your lane segment coming up. But uh, it says, hey, Bray Wyatt, the door is always open. We'll let you in. And uh, well, I'll touch on that a little later. Bray Wyatt is a wrestler for the WWE. Oh, okay. And he, he was trending for over, I guess it would have been over Saturday and Sunday for uh, a pretty crazy reason. So, I'll, like, like I said, I'll get into it because you, you, you don't know what I'm talking about, obviously. I have <laughs> so. no idea. Yep. We're all good. Little, uh, that's what we call a little tease for the Stay Lane segment. Well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Good tease. Uh, football time. I haven't talked a lot about it today. 
this XFL, do you think this is going to work? After three. Well, so what we just saw. Well, it's going to work for the year because Vince McMahon has the money to back it up. Yeah. And I think Vince McMahon has too much pride to let it fold in one year. Yeah, that's good. So they're going to see the season out regardless. Now, whether it's going to be a staple for seasons to come, I find that hard because, yes, Vince McMahon is prideful, but he's also a businessman. If the business isn't doing good, he's going to he's just going to chalk the deuces to it and say, yeah, we'll see you later. So it's definitely going to go for the full year. I just and Brian, you brought up a great point with it. Like with all the rules, with like the overtime and everything, it's starting to sound a little gimmicky. Yeah, you know, and that's I think, what always scares me. Yeah, so I think this. I, I think if you could take his pocketbook with the way the AAF was trending and kind of organized, mm-hmm. and now it looks awful because of just the payment stuff and the way they folded, and and it just. It's amazing how good they look to start and where it ended up in the AAF. But if you did have the backing, the dollars uh, of a McMahon or, or anybody else, for that matter, that could keep it afloat, willing to take the risk and let it go for a few years. Because I really just don't know how you did this thing without a few year plan of losing money. I mean, any business is going to lose money in the early going, mm-hmm. except us here at ESPN 690. <laughs> uh, but so, I mean, I don't know how you didn't factor that part in. But beyond that, I think. I think if you took that model of what they were doing on the field, the actual football, with McMahon's kind of genius marketing and and deep pockets, it would be a pretty cool match. Mm -hmm. I think what you're going to lose in the XFL is the idea of football as we know it. So it will become gimmicky. And so, therefore, I'm not even sure we'll watch it the way – People were a little bit intrigued. I'm not going to oversell and say they were a lot intrigued by the AAF, but I do think when that thing was on CBS that night, it got good viewership. People were intrigued. People were talking about it. And it was a perfect window after the Super Bowl, before the draft, all those good things. But I tell you, man, if you start messing around with rules and and it seems kind of quirky and and it only takes one or two of them, I think people will turn it off. I I do. But – Again, well, you said it. They can last a little bit because he can afford to lose some money. Yeah. Do you buy the whole narrative to where they're going to target like people coming out of high school and not go the college route and pay those? Because to me, it's not like basketball is. You know, like in basketball, you know exactly who like the best players are in basketball. You see him on YouTube. You see him on Facebook. I mean, there's a consensus of, hey, this guy is the number one prospect in the country. He's probably going to be a top prospect in the NBA. Zion Williamson, perfect example. Mm-hmm. I feel like the NFL is a little different. You know, I mean, like Clowney comes to mind as a guy who was big in high school, became big in college, and then yeah. he's having an okay career in the NFL. I wouldn't call Maurice him. Maurice Claret tried to Maurice do it, Claret. wanted to do it. Yeah. Uh, could you, Leonard Fournette is a guy. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette is a guy that if he had come right out of high school and played like in a pro league like this, you would have been like, he looks like he could make it. But but here's my question. though: like, what's the draw as an audience, if you're going to bring out these high schoolers that nobody really knows about, yeah. I mean, it's not That's like basketball. You know, I mean, yeah. like if Zion Williams or Rondo, whoever, if Zion came out of high school and you knew who he was, you're intrigued to watch him play in the league already. You know, but from my perspective in high school with football, th- th- that isn't must-see TV to me. Well, I even double up on your Zion Williamson thing. We Let's not pretend like we knew Zion Williamson like we do now. 
No, but people yeah. might I have mean, known about him, but you still have to be in the circles. Everybody yeah. knows Zion Williamson now. Yeah. Everybody. Well, the, but so, what's the power of social media, bro? Like, the reason I knew about Zion before he went to college is because a Slam magazine had these videos yeah. out. I mean, that's how I knew but about But you're him. finding that is my yeah. point. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, the average person, as I always say in the grocery store, they yeah. did not know who Zion Williamson was. And so they weren't intrigued because of that. Mm-hmm. I think you bring up a great point. You have to build the intrigue, build the interest, give this these these guys star value in college. That's where, like, yeah. everybody who took, remember when Zion Williamson got hurt, we were talking about, hey, should he play, should he not, should he have never even gone, all those things. Like, absolutely he should have gone. He made himself hundreds of millions of more dollars playing at Duke, even playing in the NCAA tournament. I mean, no doubt he made a ton more money, mm-hmm. endorsement-wise, and maybe even contractually. I, I do not think he was a slam dunk number one overall pick coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. I think now he's the slam dunk number one overall pick coming out of Duke after one year. So uh, that's a really good point. I, yeah. from a, from a, I think there are less that can do it coming out of high school. And I think the danger zone for the XFL, if they were to pick a high school guy and he gets hurt or something catastrophic happens, well, that really looks bad for the league because you're like, well, this guy's not ready to play professional football. It, it looks bad for the XFL, but also looks bad for the player. Well, you know, I yeah. mean, you you need time to develop. The player can make bad decisions. It's not well, going to bring down a league. No, a no, league I understand that. Decisions. But I mean, Brent, being a former player, I still have the player's best interest in mind. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, to, to be a kid that's coming from maybe a rough upbringing who's just trying to get that quick dollar goes to the XFL and maybe he's not ready, maybe he's not seasoned enough, it could be a nightmare for but, him. But absolutely. But to, it could be a cautionary but, tale. But I bring you this point. Say there's the kid that just doesn't make the grade or he has some kind of thing happen to him in high school where a college stays away from him. And he's a really talented kid, but can't get the SAT scores. Can't mm-hmm. get in. So he's got two options. You go to junior college, see what happens, if that's even an option, but say that's an option, or you go to this and you go get paid right away. So Mm -hmm. that's the kid I think they're talking about. I don't think they are talking about the Leonard Fournette, who's a high school stud, going to go play at LSU, eventually make it to the NFL. But I do think they're talking about the kid that slipped through because bad grades or something happened and he can't get qualified. Mm -hmm. And so he can't even play college football. So instead of going to maybe it's sit on the streets or go get a job at, at the grocery store or whatever it might be, this guy's now got a chance to play football. I, I don't necessarily mind that. I see the uh, I see the concept see, of that. I do mind that, though. Well, do you, would you rather him sitting on the street corner not doing anything or go to this league and play some professional football and get paid? I mean, if he's good enough, he's going to go to the NFL where there's a pension, where there's things in place for him to be successful. But he's not going to the, the NFL football. if he doesn't go to college first. Well, then, yeah, but then you go to JUCO. I mean, if you're that confident in your abilities, then go the JUCO route. I mean, that happens all the time. Cam Newton went to JUCO. How did that pan out for him? You know, I mean, that's... That story is as as old as time, where players go all the time to JUCO. Yeah, but Cam Newton is not the number one overall. He was the number one overall pick, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. So Cam Newton is not the number one pick if he just goes to JUCO. Cam Newton helped his cause by going to Auburn. Yeah. To be. You know what I mean? No, okay. So you can't. But, I mean, Brent, that's the point of junior college is one would think that a player goes to junior college. I mean, if he has this big touted recruit, he goes to JUCO for a couple of years, um, gets everything in line, and then the team's going to come knocking on his door. I mean, yeah. if, if he's that good as you say he's that but good. But you've seen Last Chance you, right? I've the, seen a couple episodes. The, the, those yeah. kids, the last thing, some of those guys, and I don't want to label everybody, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, this isn't a blanket statement. But the, the, la- the last thing some of those guys want to do is even go to class, is go mm-hmm. finish a grade. They don't want to do it. 
They're being forced to because it's the only avenue they have. I don't think this will become an epidemic where guys are leaving high school and going to an XFL. I think by offering a guy, if it saves a kid or gives a kid an opportunity to play a sport because he wasn't going to have it. Okay, then I can see that point. Then I where... like the idea that you can do that. And, and football is one of those sports where you really can't make that jump. You can't In basketball, if they don't pick in the NBA and you can't get into college, you could even go to – Europe and play. Oh, you know, you go somewhere yeah. else. In baseball, you can do the same thing. In football, you can't. It's a sport that you can't. So, I, again, I'm not a big advocate for the XFL doing this. I don't want to see high school kids playing professional sports. I really don't. But I could see the logic in it by grabbing a kid here or there, and, and maybe you have five of them in the league or three of them in the league, and they're probably fascinating stories, too, that also help your league. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see about the XFL. All right, uh I'm going to give you the first month of the year for the Jacks. Kansas City, Houston, Tennessee, Denver. Kansas City, Houston, Tennessee, Denver. Mm-hmm. Give me well, the hardest game. So, I, but we, we did the predictions. I picked the Jaguars to be the Chiefs, and I'm still not worried about the Chiefs, especially now with Tyreek Hill, the news coming out. So, I was never worried about the Chiefs. Um, I think playing that summer and, and that and that sun has something to do with it. I'm going Broncos. You know, I mean, yes, granted, the Texans are going to be a hard game. Any game in the AFC South is going to be a hard game this year. But I think from the perspective of the, the traveling, um, the venue that they're playing at, and the team that they're playing, I think Denver could give them some trouble. How hard is uh, it playing there? Did you play? No, and I never played at oh, Denver. You didn't play no, Denver. But, no, but I, I assume playing I mean, elevation sucks. Because I will tell you this, it As, is really, it's really hard to report from there. As somebody who just went hiking there. Walking with goats, how was it? Walking with goats, it was pretty tough. <laughs> we, had to, we had to get some oxygen going. Yeah, exactly. No, it's... <laughs> It's it's definitely it's a home field advantage to say the least in Denver. But my, how good is Denver this year? Are you worried about Joe Flacco and what they have? I'm worried. I mean, about you could argue that's the, the third style, best team on their schedule. The, the style month. that they play though, because a, I think Denver's a smash mouth team as well. You know, they have Philip Lindsay, um, who really kind of came into his own as a, as a tailback. I think they could try to be a smash mouth team. Now we'll see. I mean, their offensive line kind of struggled last year a little bit. But I mean, from from a standpoint, like I'm not worried about the Titans on, on Thursday night. I should be. Yeah. But it's it's in Duval. Like you, you got to represent on Thursday more, night. More of the Jags schedule next on ESPN 690 plus balling and falling. All Kuz does is drink. I think it's, it's kind of starting to be the trend. I feel like with him, intervention time. I do three things. I go to the gym. I go to the beach, and I drink. Intervention and work, time. I guess technically. Yeah. Except. Sometimes he works because oh, yeah. he might have forgotten the uh, the old happy hour horn, or I did too, but I can blame him for not reminding it's, me. It's, it's Kuz's job. I, and uh, Kuz did, though, give one heck of an endorsement for Vita DeLuis earlier, right? Yeah, he not did. on air, but he's, he can do it right now. Is Don't say the name, but he tried a different tequila somehow yeah. on Cinco de Mayo. Well, and I'm not like a tequila expert, so I never really know these things, but I tried a different one, and the last tequila I have had before this one was Vita, and... Uh, yeah, it was it was eye opening. Yeah, I would say that. I like that. Good endorsement right there like from Louis. Yep. And a great lead in to the happy hour horn five o'clock ish on a Monday. Do you need Rocky? 
music for this. Uh, yeah, sure. Bring it back. <laughs> it's the TJ McConnell box score breakdown. <laughs> I mean, is it, uh, it is. Grab a drink. Get a shot. Tip your starters. Yes. <laughs> Keep going, Brett. So say it. Let's hear it, man. Read it like we're like you're you're having the fight. Yeah, I can. A locally uh, owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in Tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Luis Tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste. Just ask who's for locations, <laughs> recipes, and merchandise. Visit VitaDeLuis.com. I was at an event uh, with little Vita de Luis last night. I wasn't drinking it. I was working. Uh, but blessings in a backpack at Top Golf. A good event uh, last night to raise some money over there on a beautiful night once the rain cleared away. Speaking of rain clearing away, uh, i got to give a shout-out right here. Look at the jersey I've got from the uh, Jacksonville Association oh, of Firefighters. Uh, got rained out. Oh. So I was zero for zero. Okay. Bad, bad, bad 690. No, like 690 that. jersey. It's, it's a pretty classy-looking jersey. It is a very nice jersey. Were you going to ever hang anything up uh, on your side of the wall, <laughs> or is it just going to go in the corner? i got to figure that out. Uh, Man. But, uh, shout out to Kyle Bosworth, former Jag, who did show up. Uh, you know, some of the Jags were supposed to come, and and they realized it was going to get postponed. Mm-hmm. Uh, former and current Jaguars, so th- that made sense. But Kyle Bosworth still was able to come out, and for the fans that showed up, some pictures and autographs. Uh, nice job by a Jacksonville Association of Firefighters for uh, putting that on. Unfortunately, the weather uh, did not cooperate. All right, a little magic whiteboard for you. What's this one? Yeah, see, you sent this. Okay, it says biggest comeback ever, the avocado. And this was in our email this morning to try to go to the show breakdown. I read this, biggest comeback ever, the avocado. I didn't know what Brent was talking about, so I just ignored it. I'm like, I don't know if Brent's hitting the Did bottle like cruises. Probably not. You should have got the I email. I may not Coos. have looked at it. I mean, Coos, <laughs> I did the, Coos, we I did the get update for you last night. I every saw that. Day. Still sent you the the uh, the rundown and you didn't even see. Uh but, so I'm thinking, I don't know what this is. Yeah. Well, this is another one of my random thoughts, and okay. I was like, "So I, I'm my daughter, Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Her birthday was a couple weeks ago, but a friend of hers gives uh, got her a gift and was able to give it to her this weekend cool. at softball. And they must have some kind of joke about an avocado going. But so the whole thing. I was gonna say, if she got her an avocado, that's a horrible no, but, gift. But the whole thing is avocado, like uh, almost like a pillow pet. Uh, kind of stuffed animal thing and then it's a shirt and then uh shorts and i mean it's avocado everything there's avocados on everything and so i got to thinking i was like i don't ever remember hearing the word avocado growing up as a kid at all now all we do we celebrate like guacamole well like it's to be fair it's delicious but my my point is i don't know how many people said guacamole was delicious like 20 years ago okay that's I really fair. don't. And it's maybe really I'm, been like a last maybe seven years type thing, it feels like. I don't it's, know. How, how long has Chipotle been around? Right. Yeah. It's unbelievable how yeah. much we talk about the avocado. It's in. And guacamole. And now they have shirts and shorts and all this other stuff with the, with the avocado. Yeah. I mean, we talk about comebacks like the Atlanta Falcons blowing the lead to the Patriots. Oh. And we talk about the Red Sox <laughs> coming back from the Yankees. I think the avocado might be the best comeback ever on earth. What about like and I this just might be because I was maybe not paying attention. What about sushi? I feel like that's been a very recent thing too. It's a good that's a good uh, one. 
past, I don't know, 10 years? So is this a health Mine? kick thing, or did Tim Ooh. Tebow really have that much to do with the avocado? Oh. Where's Tim Tebow coming from? Tebow, like, endorsed avocados. Remember the Super Bowl really? commercial? They're power food. I guess I didn't. I must have missed that one. Yeah, I, you, I missed remember, out. There was a Super Bowl commercial. Okay. Remember avocado? I, he was sponsored by avocados okay. <laughs> for a while. Okay. All of them or just, just like the- <laughs> whoever makes so, whoever uh, it is. I don't know which one. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, avocados are big. A very healthy fat. Well, I think healthy fats are kind of a thing now, too, well, though, right? again, it has to do with the health Coconut kick. oil. That's how Avocado. I describe myself. A healthy fat. A healthy fat. Um, <laughs> but no, that's actually, that's a great point. I feel like another thing, too, that we're neglecting that has always been around, but it seemed to make a big comeback, probably the same time Sushi did around 10 years ago, bacon. Like, all of a sudden, uh, yeah, good one. everything was bacon-infused, bacon this, bacon yes. that. And, like, bacon's always been around, but all of a sudden, Scrapple, like, man, like, like the that's hipsters. The stuff. But and bacon. What, what? Scrapple? Have you ever had Scrapple? I don't know what that is. What? It's like is that the a wor- it's yeah, it's a You're word. Googling Scrapple, it. look it up. It's like a a gray square of the pig that you couldn't even put in anything else. Even not in hot dogs and stuff like that. And then you like <laughs> even hot, you, hot dogs. You fry it kind of or you grill it till it's really crispy and you put some ketchup on it. Dude, Scrapple is legit. Never had it. Maybe it's a Pennsylvania thing. It's also called. Is it up there? I think, think it is. We're, we're right next to a, a meat factory, so that could also be but part of like, it. Like the, the thing about bacon is, did bacon never got like never was like a bad thing. Like I, I think if you asked me about avocado, I would it'd be one of those I'd raise my nose at as a kid. Like really, well, I am yeah. not touching that. But bacon, I would oh. go for fatty, crispy bacon. Like even as a kid, I'll never forget in kindergarten, uh, our teacher Miss Naris brought in exotic foods that we could try. Just to, you know, like I think it was like Mexican Day or whatever. So she brought an avocado. And she passed around, and I literally almost threw up from just tasting an yeah. avocado. It's it's disgusting at the time. Now I like avocados, but as a kid, like just the, the consistency, nah. So why no, do we you. like avocados now? It's good, because it's, it's a good cool. point. Um, I like guacamole. You know, like I mean, avocados. But I never okay. ordered guacamole until like five years ago, man. Oh, like man. I love chips and salsa. Like oh, I am a oh, chips and salsa. Don't even talk to me about yeah. chips and salsa. I get chips and salsa wherever I, I go. could eat you under the we table. Some chips and salsa. I used to go that. to Moe's and just get chips and salsa <laughs> because they were free. I wouldn't even get the, the yeah. burrito or anything. And I, I felt just came bad. With Coke. Yeah. I, I, said, I did. I have to buy like drink. a soda. I said, all I want is chips and salsa. They're like, yeah. well, it's free then because they're not on. I was like, how do you not have chips and salsa on your menu that yeah. I can you buy? Gotta, you got to have them as an bad. option. Oh, I'm, I'm a chips and salsa junkie now. Nachos in general are like my go-to. I, Nicole and I will go on a date and just have nachos. Like nachos that's our date. I, I just had it for lunch with Steph. Nachos? But I had guacamole. Yeah. Like I had chips and salsa and guacamole. That was your lunch. Well, no, I had some tacos. Okay, so that's good. Okay. Tacos okay. were the lunch. That's right. Okay, I was <laughs> like, I had Cinco de Mayo a day late. Yeah, yeah. Um, but isn't it crazy? Like, I swear, I've never ordered guacamole, and I'm not even sure if I liked guacamole, but I never ordered it. Now it's like even the kids. Yeah. Order guacamole. That's I, a good point. The comeback point. of the avocados, unbelievable. No, you you absolutely nailed that. It's something I guess you kind of neglect because. I guess I've always thought guacamole was in my life, but no, you're right. It, it seems like guacamole <laughs> came around with like Chipotle and Qdoba. So. It's a uh, romanticism. Yeah, and Tim well, Tebow, I told you. Yes, exactly. And Tim Tebow. I'm surprised in 2010 during the whole draft process, you didn't hear more about guacamole and avocados with right? Tim. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't share that with me when we're <laughs> on the bus to Buffalo with Brandon Spikes saying how much Brandon Spikes ran that team and Tim was just a an, you know a bystander. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the Jags schedule. Uh, if you will. 
So you say Denver's the hardest game. I in the first uh, opening month, I think I'm going to stick with. Uh, I'm going to actually say at Houston's the hardest game because I think it's the first roadie. Uh, I think getting ready for that first game is not as difficult, even though on paper Mahomes is is, is tough. But uh, I think at Houston, the Jacks just over the years haven't. I don't. All haven't this coming Houston. from the Deshaun Watson denier. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I always see. I think Houston has a lot of talent though on their roster. I just don't know sometimes if it's getting too old mm. at times, you know. So I do think they have a lot of talent. Uh, all right, next month of the year, Carolina. This is going to be a good one now. This is yeah. At Carolina, home against New Orleans. At Cincy, home against the Jets. Hardest game on the of the yeah. month. Yeah. So initially, I thought the Panthers because Christian McCaffrey. You have to have a, a legit linebacker that can cover that dude. Um, but I got to go with the Saints. Way, yeah. way too many weapons right now. Alvin Kamara. And listen, I get that they're losing Mark Ingram, but I honestly think that their run game was better when Alvin Kamara was the featured back. Because when Alvin Kamara was just by himself for the first three or four games of the Saints season this past year, um, they did a lot of things with him where he ran power. But then he he can also go in the flats and catch the balls as well. When Ingram came in there, you knew Kamara was going to be the, the change of pace back. Where it was like, all right, well, Kamara's in, so he's going to the flats. Um, he's, he's not going to get those power runs anymore because Kamara can do it all. So from that perspective, I'm, I'm going the Saints all day. You know, I'd love to go different than yeah, I think so too. And I got for a little different reason. They get the ball out so quick, and I think it neutralizes the pass rush. It'll stress the linebackers quite a bit, yeah. even stress those ends. So I think, uh, yeah, the brilliance of Breeze. And this is a, a, it's a franchise that has been unable to really squash the great quarterback, the Philip Rivers. You know, the the breezes of the world. Now, they haven't always had the weapons to do it. Now, again, Ben Roethlisberger. But Roethlisberger's a little different. He hangs on to the ball. It kind of fits, right? It fits to what the Jags want to do. This, uh, I think that's a tall task. Even at home against the Saints, I agree with you. I think that... And and there's nothing more frustrating than being a pass rusher and putting on a good pass rushing move. But the ball comes out and too you, quick. You just look Drew up, Brees uh, and Tom Brady, two classic examples. And maybe Nick Foles this year, too. Let's keep an eye because well, he's, he's going to get the ball uh, pretty fast as well. All right. Uh, November, Houston at home, at Indy, at Tennessee, Tampa Bay at, uh, well, I, I won't count Tampa. Well, you know what? I'm going to count Tampa Bay. We'll do it in fours. That's uh, really December 1st game. But Tampa at home, Houston at home, at Indy, at Tennessee. Is this one a no-brainer? I think so. I'm not worried about Tampa, obviously. Um, I am worried about Tennessee, but I have to go with the Colts because in oh. my well, no, I'm going with the Colts here. Wow. Because I think the Colts right now are the favorite to win the division. Okay. Fair so, enough. but I mean, history has shown Tennessee would probably be the game, right? Are they overhyping the Colts' offense with some of the weapons that they got? I mean, are they a little? I mean, I get they get Paris Campbell. I know mm-hmm. they have T.Y. Hilton, Charles, uh, Charles Rogers. See, I mean. I think a lot of the overhypeness comes from just the fact that Andrew Luck's the quarterback. Yeah, I think and that's deserved. It, that's but, earned. But but it's He's the Andrew the Luck quarterback in the division. He is, and it's like with Aaron Rodgers, where I think Andrew Luck can take whatever wide receivers that he wants. You know, like a Charles Rogers, and he can make those guys great. And I think with the piece that they added on defense now with Justin Houston, who I think is a great signing for the Colts on defense because their pass rush has been a little lacking. I think the Colts might be the team to beat. I don't know what to think about the Colts because like, they went on that run, which was a really good run. They they got hot. They found themselves. But there's still a part of me. It's like have they relied that that young talent is really that good. Did they take a step back a little bit with some of the hits that they had? I mean, they got a big-time performance out of Leonard, you know, and, yeah. and out of what's his name on the offensive line. And, and you know. And and Luck was so much better than people even imagined he would be last year coming off injury. 
I could see them being a disappointing team at, at, at the same stretch as being a really good team and the favorite to beat so in the then AFC South. Who's your team quick? Then the Titans are you taking? Titans, it's got to be the yeah. Titans, which, which makes me throw up in my mouth that the Titans are the hardest team to beat in a month because I really never think the Titans are any good. But this freaking organization has trouble with the Titans, especially on the road. It's the bottom line. They can't beat them on the road in Nashville. I have to figure that out. We'll go to the last month of the year. We got some balling and falling. We got to stay in your lane. How the heck did we run out of time today? It's all next on ESPN uh-huh. 690. All right. I've got three magic whiteboard moments today. <laughs> what is a miracle? That's a miracle. Yeah. That's a miracle in itself, Brent. It's an over is it an overused cliche? Miracle? Um cliche word. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, by your definition, what's a miracle, Brent? I don't really have a definition of it. Okay. I never really, well, like, characterized. Why did you put it on the whiteboard, Brent? <laughs> well, because it was a heavy debate over the weekend because uh, our news station, and I think others too, but I think we were the ones to coin it first. Uh, <laughs> CBS 47 and Fox 30, uh, miracle on the St. John's, and people were like, Oh, that's what they called? I see. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I said I don't that's watch the news that enough. Miracle on the St. John's. I like that. Yeah. Catchy. Me, I like that, yeah. Maybe Where were you? Maybe this is putting you guys on the spot, but what would be considered the most miracle-esque moment for Jaguar history? Great question. Huh. The Dave Gerard Hail Mary to Mike Thomas against Houston. Um by yeah. far. Well, you played in that, so that brings <laughs> true. I think Jaguar fans would agree with me, bro. Nah. Like, okay, what do you got then? Nah, they, they would Biggest say. Miracle? I, bro, it's, first of all, it's called a Hail Mary. <laughs> so, yeah. But the biggest miracle. Prayers answered. The biggest miracle, I, I think, is two of them. Uh, I think there's three to pick from. Well, that actually could be four. The fact that Jacksonville got a franchise uh, mm-hmm. is one. But the... One, the what I don't really think David Garrard's fourth and two run to beat Pittsburgh that year up there. I don't really think that was a miracle, but uh, I would say the win over Denver in '96 for it's really considered the greatest win in Jags history, and so I think that would be to go up there and do that. Cool. But, but you could How also couple that Morton Anderson missing the kick that how, helped them get there would probably be number one on the list. How did the, how, how did the Jaguars win in Denver? What was the score and everything? Was it a close game? Did they win on like on a last play or something? No, it wasn't Hail Mary esque. Oh, it wasn't, wasn't like Mary? Uh, Deshaun Jackson catching a punt. Was it, wasn't it a Hail Mary, Brent? Brent? It's a Hail Mary, man. Like that's a that's a it's prayers answered. Like if if I was writing that column, I'm talking to my boy Gene Burnett, see what he wrote for that for, for that <laughs> column. But it would have been for me You're prayers so answered. Prayers <laughs> answered. Jaguars win. See, like yeah, like when I'm thinking of like miracle moments, I'm thinking of. Um, uh, Green Bay, Hail Mary, last second, all of a sudden, yeah. somehow they're against coming the up with the ball. Yeah, yeah. against the Lions. I'm yep. thinking of Deshaun Jackson returning that punt. Like, those are the well, ones we're going to see what the people say. I just okay. put it out there, but I guarantee you it's watch not going to be David Garrard. Watch him phrase it, too. To watch him phrase it to his liking. Hey, what do you guys think? Like, was it the legendary game in Denver or some Hail Mary from Dave Garrard and Mike Thomas? You are so biased to 2010 to 2019 Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, because I was there. I wasn't at the St. John's <laughs> I mean, River when the plane went in, so I don't care if it's a miracle or not. But that day, Brent, and I think it was called Everbank, was it? No, it was Alta, wasn't it? Uh, for 2010, it would have been... 
I don't think it was Alltel when I was here. Everbank. It might have been no. It might have been an in between, like where just Jacksonville Municipal okay. Stadium. At the at that the Jacksonville Municipal Stadium. <laughs> no, that I can't that. even pronounce. I don't think it was Everbank in 2010, though. Okay, I well, what it was. Whatever it was, Brent. The, the crowd was electric. Um, it was a big win. Uh, yeah. Did you miracles. turn to your teammates and you go, "That was a miracle." I this is I going did. down in history. No, but I definitely ran on the field and like tackled everybody. I'm interested to see what Twitter says. I got, I'm gonna guess it's. I I know sure as hell it ain't Gerard to Thomas. <laughs> All right, but what, I, is something up, man? Like, no, is something serious, I'm just being honest did, did, with did you. Did you lose some money that game or something, or what? <laughs> Why is he hating on that moment so no, I'm so pissed off at you guys for blowing an eight and five record and not making the playoffs. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm pretty upset about that too, Brent. Thanks, man. <laughs> I mean, maybe oh, that's why. I'm so excited. Yeah. What's up, going to the playoffs in 2010? Hey, I was there. I'm aware. Anything else? Sorry. <laughs> I tried to do my best. Jeez. Just didn't have I mean, did you miss year. a play in those final three games that no. affected it? Because Peyton we might Manning have to change happened. his partnership. Oh, Peyton, Peyton Manning. Peyton, some guy named Peyton Manning uh, had a pretty good game against us last game of the season. Uh, might, might, might have heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, okay. Hmm. So, uh, so anyways, Brent. But so anyway, I back think to your... I'm going to guess they're going to say Morton Anderson missing the kick. Uh, that's what I think. But, as of okay, I, I, a chip shot field goalie missed it. All right, whatever. I guess trying to predict. I guess, wait, is I it guess like we'll Cody see. Cody Parkey esque in the playoffs this year. Yeah. See, but to, to me, that that's not a miracle. That, that, that's like a travesty. Well, you know, like, it depends on which team. But no, but like even uh, I guess. I guess it's a miracle if you're a Jags fan that he missed it, but it's also like a blunder, I would call that. Like, oh, yeah. he, he, he effed it up, you know? Like, I wouldn't call that a miracle. I don't know. We'll see. Hey, the people will speak. Well, it's like you said. You're right. He screwed it up. So for Chicago fans, it was a mess up. It was a nightmare. But who were they playing? Uh, Eagles. Eagles. It was for Eagles. It was a miracle. Like, whoever but, thought. Yeah, but do, do you think that the Eagles, like, the paper the next morning was like, oh, miracle in Chicago, Eagles win. Like, I don't see no, but them calling it a miracle. Actually, didn't, like, was the Minnesota play against the Saints a couple years ago? They yeah. did call a miracle in Minnesota. That's just because we like alliteration, I think. <laughs> uh, music City Miracle? The Music City Miracle. Alliteration, That yeah. kind of fit the bill, though. Yeah, that was a miracle. I mean, a throwback pass. Yeah. That fit yep. the bill. Yep. Um, I can't but, wait to see where this what goes. Was it, uh, would you consider the, uh, what was it, the run at the end of the Miami Dolphins game against the Patriots where yeah. Gronk kind of misses the yeah. tackle? The problem is it just didn't matter in right. the landscape of the season, so the moment wasn't big enough probably. But, you know, getting back to that, how, how crazy was that the other night? And there was, so there was a lot of debate on Saturday. I saw Twitter, and it's like they're just all over the TV coverage. Yeah, of, yeah. A miracle, a miracle. Well, I will say this. I think I, I'm, I'm not going – I like to defend our uh, industry and a lot of people that were working hard and all that stuff that night and doing some things. And I didn't have a major problem with Miracle on St. John's. I get it in relationship to the Hudson and, and to what happened. But I will tell you this. There are 142 people mm-hmm. that you're damn straight, they think. It was a miracle on Friday night. No, for sure. But so, it's not like they're going to be making a movie about this one. They're not. No. No, that Dave uh, Gerard pass. But I will zone. say this. We don't sometimes we talk about <laughs> Jason, the Jason, Jason Momoa might be playing Austin Lane. <laughs> tell you that right now. Just saying. When's that coming out? <laughs> Can't wait. David Gerard then. Stay tuned. David Gerard. Maybe, maybe I'll talk himself. to himself. Oh, yeah. Tim Tebow's brother can uh, produce it for me. <laughs> 
I like there that. There we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have to get on that. Um, but you know, it, what's what's wild? What's it's it's uh, not a great thing to think about, but just how catastrophic that could have been on Friday night. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that. You, All you jokes you, aside, you, you for think, sure. You think about stuff like when it's when it works out. It's like ah, okay. Like it's enough. Like I think that's the way Twitter kind of responded to that by Saturday morning. It's like, hey, that was nothing. I mean, that was like, it, who knows? I mean, the thing flips, the mm-hmm. whatever submerges in more water, what, whatever it might have been. I mean, we almost had that was like an epic ca- catastrophe on our hands mm-hmm. um, on uh, on Friday night uh, in Jacksonville. So, thankfully for everyone else, it, it uh, worked out. I wonder if that's become like a. Um, like, are people driving by now and taking a picture? It's hard <laughs> like to a- see. Like historical it's historical landmark, because, yeah, because yeah. it's at NAS Jack, so you can't get on base. Mm-hmm. So you, you really your look is far away. It's yeah. not like it's like right next to the highway. True. Um, Are they ever going to say what happened? Yeah, I think they're. You think it'll come out? Yeah, they're okay. doing. I, they might have already. I don't even today. Right. I, I haven't seen it much, but uh, <laughs> watch CBS Forty Seven and Fox Thirty. I guarantee you, we're following the story. Jones, I love it. Uh, hey, uh, can we get? I guess we can't get to. We're going to have to get to a lot of stuff when we come back. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot on tap coming up, for everybody. Have to serve up a miracle here, Brent, to get it all in. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, Jason Momoa call me back. Oh, my gosh. Miracle in Everbank, 2010. Short documentary winner. <laughs> Gerard to Thomas. Oh, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about footnote, it. And so are Jaguars fans. But they missed the playoffs. Oh. Ooh, Jaguars going to Denver and win a game. What a miracle. A game. Cool. It's a playoff a game. A game. Fantastic. We'll just score that game. I got to look at it. You got, You are not going to have – Jacksonville is not going to be on your side on this. You continue to rip that Denver win. Let's see what we got here. We'll just score that game. What year was it? 96. We'll tell you when we come back. Okay. Next on ESPN 690. I was really hoping Kuz was going to produce the heck out of this show right there yeah. and come back with, like, the miracle on ice. Who was that, Kurt Russell? Yeah, that was Kurt Russell. Wait. Yeah, Kurt, Russell. Kurt Russell? Yep. Dang, I'm good. I'm on fire today. All right, boys, we have an opportunity here. Very good. You don't have to press that button. I was going to say, oh, yeah. why Sorry are you about pressing that, dude. a button? Because I'm so on kill right now because Kuz is frustrating me with the song. Is so this was, an was instrumental? Was Austin even on right now? Um, He was like half on, half off. Because I couldn't hear him well. Yeah. That's kind of the way I always am, let's be honest, though. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I'm never fully especially, on. Hey, especially if you call David Garrard to Mike Thomas a miracle. That is a miracle. <laughs> Brent, it's a Hail Mary Prayers answered. Jaguars win. What more do you want? John Phillips, by the way, says maybe you are close enough. Uh, he doesn't say this, but a miracle is something not defined by physical or natural law. Divine intervention. To say a miracle happened in sports means God took sides. I think A-Train's ability to skate like Swan Lake is a miracle. <laughs> no, that's just called skills and technique. No miracle needed there, but I appreciate the... The shout out. Ocho Fischio says uh, Bortles getting deemed the franchise QB twice by the same GM is a miracle. Uh, okay. This is BRP. Morton's miss. Bingo. Jersey two Jacks. Chris Hudson return. Monday Night Football. Cower wanting to clock him. Yeah, he almost punched him on the sideline. Eric, uh, Eric Locke says making the AFC Championship game with Bortles as QB is a huge miracle. 
T.Y., Mort Anderson for sure. There's two. Wow. So, two for Mort. So, and two so for Brent Scott his burner accounts working overtime. Like, I really care. <laughs> Show me the car facts. Show, show me the real fans. Let them call in and talk, talk to you ah, about it. Ah, Matthew at Real MBB. Here it comes, right? Give it to me. Morton missing. There's not even oh, a close second. Not even a close Ooh. second. Obviously, somebody must have missed that Houston Texans game then. It's all good, man. No, no worries. Hey, you, you can't make them all. You just missed history. Not a big deal. It just missed history. It's a Hail Mary. I mean, what more do you want? It's called, you want to talk about divine intervention? I feel like the, the term Hail Mary comes from the Bible, if I'm not mistaken. Mary okay. is a character in the Bible. Oh, is she really? Yes. She, okay. I'll take, I'll take your word for it. No, it's a Virgin Mary. I know, Kuz. Oh, okay. I went to confirmation. I, I showed up. I promise not to bring religion into the show. Well, too late, man. When we're talking divine intervention, <laughs> we're talking miracles. Didn't we just talk about this at a meeting? We really we did. did. Probably, Six and literally religions. three hours ago, we Believe talked it. about this exact Believe conversation we're having right now. <laughs> but I don't care. Uh, I'm sticking to my guns. Yeah, I guess so. Yep. Uh, come on, WJ23. What do you just want to go spar with Austin Lane or something? What do you say? Miracle equals David Garrard, Hail Mary, touchdown yeah. to Mike Thomas. Give it to me. Deflection. Give it to me. What I like are you it. thinking? I like it. Brandon, it's a Hail Mary, and how much more needs to be said? Hey, I uh, want to give away some Blink 182 tickets and a little Wayne as well. Yes. Lil Wayne, Blink 182. Is, is that? That was, like, just announced, by the way. That's I, not, like, a, just a casual throw it out there. Is that, like, uh, give me an idea here. I'm a, a musical moron. What is that mean? an odd, odd, uh, odd? It's well, an odd pairing. It's it's hip hop and it's it's you know it's pop. Um, but I also think that Lil Wayne had a couple albums where he decided to go rock as well. Uh, so it's not that out of the ordinary. I mean, especially Travis Barker um, worked with some rappers himself. He worked with yeah. Yellow Wolf, uh, Psycho White. I think that one was called. Jay Z so, and Lim Biscuit teamed yeah, up Jay-Z for a while Limbiscuit. there. Oh, not Lim Biscuit, Linkin Park. Sorry, okay. they did that. Oh, Jay Z. I thought you said Jeezy. No, yeah, Jay Z and Liam Lincoln Park. So there's always some mashups, Brent. It's not out of the ordinary. And then you had your Super Bowl performance, Astro World, and uh, yeah, uh, who else was there? Maroon Five. Maroon, Maroon Five. Five. Yeah, so there you I already go. forgot you about like that. that one. Uh, I was all set. And SpongeBob, honorable <laughs> mention. Sponge, I'm not going to say SpongeBob because they didn't actually they didn't play the song. They just teased it. Shame on you, Adam Levine. All right, uh, let's. Uh, Let's go and give it away. 904-362-9901. Win tickets to uh, Blink-182 and Lil Wayne. And why don't we make it caller number five, Coos? 904-362-9901. Five is the number of wins the Jags had, uh, losses the Jags had in 2010 after the Hail Mary <laughs> win. But eight is what they ended up with. What's up, man? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Did you like what do you what do you got against me? Like because I feel like you're calling me out every single time you say that. Nah, I'm still a little ticked off at that 2010 team, eight and five, and, hey, and just slid. Once again, Brent, I was there. I'm pretty mad myself. Kind of slid off the runway. Yes, kind of like the show it did today a little bit. It's all good though. I'll, I'll bring it back with some balling and falling. Uh, yeah, let's do it. We better hustle. Okay, balling and falling real quick. Balling, Donald Cowboy Cerrone won against Ally Quinta, UFC Fight Night 151. Uh, this is Donald Cerrone's 36th win. He has the most uh, UFC fights in history. I think the most UFC finishes as well. This puts him in prime position to fight for the belt or get a Conor McGregor mega match. So props to Donald Cerrone, the Cowboy. 36 years old, still doing the damn thing. How about that? Uh, my balling, this just in, Pablo Sandoval. Becomes the first major league player since 1905. Today, he did it. Okay. Hit a home run, steal a base, and pitched a scoreless inning. 
Pablo Sandoval is not a pitcher. Yeah. But they lost 12-4 to to the Reds, and he pitched an inning in the game, and he pitched a scoreless inning. So it's a home run, steals a base, pitches a scoreless inning in a loss. First one to uh, do it since 1905. There's your fun fact, and you're balling today on a Monday. My phone going to the dogs. Steph Curry, man, down by five points with like 20-something seconds. Had an easy layup because James Harden was playing James Harden defense. Curry blew past him, went for the dunk. Um, hit the top of the rim, and needless to say, the Golden State Warriors lost that game. Uh, from a man who missed two dunks in his last basketball game of his career in high school, uh, my props are to you. But it also proves, hey, it doesn't matter who you are in basketball, sometimes we're always falling. All right, how about my falling? Another fresh one this afternoon. So we have Mindy McCord on, right? Yeah. Uh, JU Women's Lacrosse, and yep. they're hosting an NCAA tournament game tomorrow. She invites us out says, hey, come on out to the game. Well, we'd like to, but it's at 3 o'clock right during our show. So we we suggest... Let's go take the show on the road and maybe go live at JU campus. Let's do it. We cover it all. Bring lacrosse. Bring it on. Well, here's a couple of guidelines we have to follow from the NCAA if we want to go live. Bring it. One, we can't talk about the game if we're live during any part of the game. Hmm. Well, that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. Two, you can't be live from inside the facility. So we can't do our show inside the facility or talk about the game that's going live because the NCAA says so. Um, and with all due respect, we're not talking about, like, the Florida Gators versus the Tennessee Volunteer football game mm-hmm. uh, or the SEC championship game. We're talking about an NCAA play-in women's lacrosse game, and the NCAA has all these rules. So, following. And NCAA, we're not going out to JU. We can't. That's a we bummer. love you, though, still, JU women's lacrosse. Yeah, McCord, we hope luck. you win. We'll I'm be following it. We hope we can. But we've, we'll have just as good a seat here. As we would add there. I guess so. So, you know, we can't talk. Can we talk about it on the show tomorrow? Or is that NCAA <laughs> no, yeah. violation no, we as well? we can probably watch it on, like, ESPN Plus and, and talk about it the talk whole about time. It? Okay, <laughs> we can talk about it then. <laughs> Crazy. Great. I'm going to yeah. stay in your lane stay as we go lane back quick. to back. I know. It's all good, though, man. So I teased it. Bray Wyatt, Brent. So Bray Wyatt is a wrestler I've mentioned a couple of times in the show. And he's a guy who's been out for maybe like six or seven years in WWE now. And uh, he's, uh, he's a very intriguing character, kind of like... I'd compare him to like maybe like like the Joker, you know, like he he's very cryptic and he says a lot of crazy things. Well, get this. So Bray Wyatt went off the grid for a bit, came back as a new character. So now he's like this, like this Mister Rogers character, and like his whole premise is like he he hosts a kids show and it's called the uh, the Firefly Playhouse or the, I'm sorry, the Firefly Funhouse. Well, how is this for writing with Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt went to Twitter this weekend, and it was trending, and he said that if you take all the interviews that he had in 2015 and you find a keyword, because every single interview he says a random quote that doesn't fit in the interview, if you take all those interviews together and uh, you find the random quote, it makes a sentence, or uh, it makes a statement. So people the whole weekend were trying to find all his interviews to make the quote, and somebody actually found it, I guess. Somebody put a lot um, of time in. I, I actually tried to do it too as well, but it was way too hard. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I guess somebody might that have... That would have been a miracle. So yeah, exactly. It's not official yet, but somebody actually found the quote, what he was saying, um, which is, it's kind of creepy, so I'm not sure if I should really say it on the air, but... You want me to? <laughs> okay, cool. I will uh-huh. have the dumb wait, buddy wait, at right, ready. So, like, so this is what he said. This is what the secret message you is. You use your good judgment here. Drink your Ovaltine. Um, yeah, it's okay. We'll say it. Uh, it's, oh, boy. It's time for you to go home. It's coming. Limbo is no place for a soul like yours. The angel with the burnt wings cometh, and the angel with the burnt wings is waving you home. Before he calls them by name, it's such a tragedy what happened to you. Do I have your attention now? How creepy is that? 
That's creepy. And this is this is the guy that's like the Mr. Rogers character now, too, as well. So, yeah. So that's wrestling talk for you today. And keep in mind, this came from back in 2015. That'll get you set for Monday Night Raw. So that's what I'm saying. So four years ago, he knew this was going to happen. Craziness. Uh, pump your brakes quick. Maximum security, I'm coming back for you. Horse racing, can't get enough of it. So thank you very much, Van Gundy. I'm going to pump the brakes to maximum security. And I'm going to actually have a little friend here as well. And this is what Steve Smith should have directed his anger towards. Instead of Josh Rosen, it should have been at maximum security during the draft. And this is an actual Steve Smith quote that I'm about to say from Josh Rosen going to maximum security. You're mad because they brought some competition in here, so you're going to try to take your ball. Well, first of all, son, it ain't your ball. It ain't your damn ball to take home. Listen, this is a man's game, Maximum Security. Be a man and go against the man one-on-one. He gets 10 plays, you get 10 plays, do your deal. Ain't nobody giving you nothing, Maximum Security. The only thing you can get on the stage right now is a free ass whooping. Everything else you got to work hard for. That was Steve Smith talking about Josh Rosen, and that was me taking that quote and talking about Maximum Security. Uh, I think there's a quote about Bob Baffert saying they should have never called that in the Derby. That just came out uh, a short time ago. Uh, Crime your river. Medal of Freedom for Tiger Woods in 10 <laughs> seconds. Thank you for your service. That's all I'm going to say. It just does seem a little bizarre, doesn't it? That's all I'm going to say. Like I don't know. That's weird. Green jacket to Medal of Freedom. Yeah. Maybe a PGA championship coming soon. Guys in National I'll Treasure. I'll see you on TV tonight, everybody. Fox 30 and CBS 47. Thanks for listening on a Monday. We'll do it again tomorrow at 3. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.